Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. We're back, Megan. We are back because after the drama of not being able to work every time, yeah, every we, time we had login issues for a while, and then we're all, then we thought we fixed it, and then the sound went out. But that's okay. <laughs> I mean, par, par for the course. That's par okay. Course. Um, welcome back. Yeah, it is too. welcome back to the states again. Yeah, <laughs> I was in Canada this weekend, Vancouver. Yeah, um, Vancouver. I, forgot how massively huge it is yeah and i also forgot how international it is mm-hmm. how people come and live there from all over the world so you can get amazing 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 food all up from all over the world and it's it's such a big beautiful city we had kind of gray rainy um weather but it wasn't too cold not too cold i had the right gear and also it wasn't uh we had a little sun break out like one day and it was like gorgeous for 10 minutes yeah. and then it went back and then to- not so much it yeah. was a tease yeah was a tease. but it was a lot of fun naughty <laughs> got to play rugby then we got to go see the international rugby and my favorite team argentina won again nice they won a, another they're now the number one sevens team in the world. That's so cool. Argentina. That's cool. Oh, I'm so happy. And I think it's right about the time they became like my real, real favorite team. They became number one, well, like right after Coincidence? That. Coincidence? I think, I think they were just waiting on me. To <laughs> I, no. love I yeah. love it. I love it. So, yeah, you've been all over the place, man. And Nadia, and yep. she finishes up wrestling, jumps right into rugby and yep. just... Never missed a beat. She's, She's ready to go. I love it. She's ready to go. And you, you were at baseball all weekend. Yeah, baseball. It was a baseball weekend for me. What a good so baseball weekend. I wasn't mad about it. It was a gorgeous weekend. Weird mm-hmm. for, for February. You know, you feel like we always get one really cold series in February. Mm-hmm. Um, And this, this year we had one that was chilly, but you know, it was 82 degrees all weekend and got, got a little sun in the Yeti yard actually. Yeah. So. I heard about sunburn yeah. yeah. I got a little that color nice to have sun. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was fun though. Definitely a uh, Texas. We'll talk about this later for sure, but Texas uh, put it to Cal Poly um, and keeps rolling, going into a really big weekend in Houston this weekend for the tournament. So, uh, yeah, some good things, some things we we definitely need to jump into, dive into. And our good friend Kevin Dunn is going to join us today Yay! to talk some Texas baseball, uh, kind of the state of things, talk a few sports stories with us. Yes, so. he'll join us later in the first hour and be right. with us for the second hour. So we'll talk some basketball, yeah. some goodbye to Texas Tech talk. We can go all into that. Softball, baseball, um, top sports stories. We have a lot, a lot to talk about today. A lot so. to talk about and a lot of shit talking to do, I feel like. Um, maybe not so much shit talking as just stating the facts. Yeah. As we see them. <laughs> just laying it out, <laughs> laying it out for everybody. But first, let's send a little love to 
Texas Panhandle. Yeah. Massive fire. And, yeah. and also, you just drove by a massive fire here in Austin. Everything's I mean, on fire. Not compared right to the second right. largest fire in Texas history, but yeah. another fire right here at a hotel in South Austin. Mm -hmm. um, but sending, you know, all the best wishes to the people at Smokehouse Creek Fire in yeah. Texas Panhandle, 500,000 acres so far. And yeah. Zero containment, that's, 0% containment. That's the, the scary part. That's the scary part. Is everything, and the winds are everything's so dry and so windy out there. I think, you know, the we've seen the videos. You've seen the night sky just absolutely glowing orange and red, you know, with the fires from a distance. And just watching these videos of animals just fleeing, oh. people just opening fences and letting them try, try to give, give them a chance. Them a chance. To go. Yeah, oh. it's... Definitely, your That's heart goes so out for them. That's sad. fire is so devastating. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, as far as natural disasters go, fire is just so devastating and so final. It, it's scary. So definitely, fire and and like overwhelming water. Like, right. You know. Like yeah, but you can still tsunami water that that washes things away for yeah, sure. Yeah, that you don't. None there's of nowhere good, to run. You know, at fire, okay. there's nowhere to run. Right. Oh, yeah, it's just so bad for them. crazy. But yeah, and then yeah, on the way here, it looks like a hotel uh, in South Austin is is on fire and from what i saw like i i don't see how that building survives i mean it was just because it was like a little boutique hotel yeah we looked up. yeah it, and it was a, a huge black plume of smoke you know i mean just just engulfing the whole thing and i mean you could see it for miles and miles away i was coming up on 71 and you could see it from miles away and then of course as you get closer a lot of the, the fire trucks are there but yeah i just i just hope everybody's okay everybody got out there because mm -hmm. big fire like that is definitely really scary just never ugh. That's my least fire is my least favorite. Like you want to get to me, well, threaten me fire. Uh, yeah, like fire. I'm fascinated by it, but don't. Ugh, it fire is terrifying, but I just I still uh, I have a big fear of the power of water. Yeah, so that makes sense. Fire and water, all right, that works. Yeah, maybe that's why they're both they're both terrifying. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, CB, what's up? Uh, yes, I was in your hood. I was so. So close so to your area of the world. It is absolutely beautiful up there. Um, too cold and rainy for my taste, but it was absolutely beautiful. And everybody was so nice. We were laughing because we we were walking to the fields every day because we were just a couple blocks. Sure. And it, the area, you know, it's university area. So there's all these like quick come up condo area things that are really modern and nice mm -hmm. and beautiful, beautiful old homes. And then um, little shopping centers. So we were right by where there's a shopping center where, you know, it's little all kind of little restaurants and groceries and liquor store and chocolates you know all those things and then but when you walk they have this really neat roundabout and everybody's stocked and yielded for pedestrians like in crazy their, talk. In their car crazy talk normally we like look and run because <laughs> hope like nobody's gonna slow down for you but up in canada it's like progress. they slow down for they like yield for pedestrians everywhere and I even wanted to kind of stop and take a quick picture of Nadia. And Nadia's like, we can't stop. They're gonna, they're they're yielding for us. We gotta go. And I'm like, I've never had cars like just yield for pedestrians. Well, at least they don't dilly-dally either. Like people respect the rules of the road. Yeah, dilly-dally. Am I a thousand years old? Dilly-dally. Apparently yeah. I am. Um, Apparently I am. Yeah. So it that's that's good. Yeah. Any big okay. plans for the weekend? Um um. Uh, Rugby on Saturday yeah. for in, in College Station. And then BK's birthday, yeah. I think we'll be able party to. Party it up. I think, well, not party it up, but come say hi to BK for his birthday. <laughs> BK will be partying it up. Yeah. You'll come say we'll hi. come say hi. Because um, not drinking again. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I know. Listen, I respect it. Tell, tell, 
tell the folks why. Like, I, I respect it. I know your story here, but. Yeah. So if y'all have listened to our podcast before a few years ago, I did this twice already. And the second time, the first time I made it through, mm-hmm. no problem. My sister and I did it together, made it through, no problem. The second time we had the massive blizzard. Well, you got to no, tell them what it is. I'm going to tell them yeah. what it is. So yeah. I couldn't finish it because we had <laughs> no water in our home. Yeah. But it's, I, I'm that sure. shut down. Yeah. That was everything. The whole world shut down for, well, text shut down for a week. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it's called 75 hard. Yeah. And I've, the best results, and it's supposed to be like a mental health challenge, like mental toughness challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is physical work, and there's five things you have to do every day for 75 days. And if you miss one of the five, you start, start over, over at day one. Yeah. And, but the best results I've had in my entire life of doing anything was this challenge. And yeah. my sister too, and so she restarted it with me. And so we started on Monday, and it's 75 days, which puts me through May 9th or 10th. Yeah. All of baseball. All of baseball. All of baseball. So you're not going to drink with fine. me no, at all. Fine. It's okay. I can drink water. Killing me. And so there's five things you have to do, and you can go look it up. There's podcasts and YouTube and books and all these things. But um, one is you have to um, pick a diet and stick to it. Yeah. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't, you whatever. Because some people want to bulk up. Some people want to yeah. lean. Whatever your what people have nutrition issues. Whatever your choose, you have to pick your diet. Write it down, claim it, and stick to it, which includes no alcohol and no cheat meals. Oof. No cheat meals. So I'm already out. First rule, out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 75 I days learned that, booze. I learned that I'm fine without booze. Yeah. I, I can, I can I, go I can go fine without booze. The 75 days. 75 days especially is a long time. Through baseball? No way. Yeah, I couldn't Through do it. baseball season? Yeah. I, I'm fine. Yeah. Um. So pick a diet, stick to it. No alcohol, no cheat meals. Yeah. Um. Take a progress photo every day. And you don't have to show anyone. You just right. take it's it just for, for yourself. You. For you. And yeah. then you'll be amazed when you're like feeling down about, oh, the scale's not moving or this or that you you see it in the pictures that mm-hmm. things you know that your, your work is paying off and then that's a big note for me right thank you yeah My people cooter I, i'm that's right there fine. with you that's fine that's a big note <laughs> it was also a hindrance for me originally yeah okay number three is read 10 pages of nonfiction a day mm-hmm. anything that helps build make you a better person so for me it's i'm right now i'm reading about my ethnography and the style of research I'm doing. And I, I need to be reading anyway. So yeah. it's perfect. Fix it. Yeah. Fix it fits in. for me. Yeah. And then um, you have to drink a gallon of water a day, which means you're peeing 400 times a day. Yeah. I don't see how you spend but I time But I drink all day long anyway. So I'm water, 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 yeah. water, <laughs> which you need because the last thing is two workouts a day. Yeah. They have to be 45 minutes each. They have to be apart. So not back to back. And one has to be outside. Uh, you are a bigger, better person than so I am. I'm, I'm just saying. Doing all those things um, back. I'm doing all those things every day for 75 days. And I, I love it. It's the mental health. It's making me also stick to finish trying to writing my dissertation, which sure. I'm slacking on. Because you have nothing else to do. You're like, so well, the, di- the discipline of that program will make me <laughs> will make me stick to I, it. And I, I loved it. it. I, I mean, I, I respect it. I love you for it. I will cheer you on moral support on the side, uh-huh. but yeah, that's, it's the whole stop drinking for 75 days. And, it, it and I don't really know when a season that I would, you know, I'm tailgating for baseball the whole time. That's the thing. There's never a good time to right. say, Oh, well, I have a birthday or I have this, or I have that. There's never a good time to say, I'm going to work out twice a day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat super clean. I'm yeah. not going to cheat. There's never a good time ne- in life never to a good say time. you're going to do those things. But that's the point is to be uncomfortable and to challenge yourself yeah. and to do something different. And, and I'll, to, I'll, I'll jump out of airplanes. You can, you can uh, do 75 hard. That, 
fair. Like that's good. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Well, one of the biggest <laughs> things I learned about 75 hard, this is also when I went back to school. The first time I did it in 2020 during everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. It gave me the discipline to go back to school and realize that I could do bigger things with my time. Yeah. That I was wasting a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that it made me do, but also too, it made me learn that my no means no. Mm-hmm. Like if I say, no, I can't do this because I, I've, set my, reason. Yeah. I've set my schedule and it doesn't have to be like, well, I have to work out or I have to do this. But if I tell someone, no, that's okay. That's my no. Yeah. And it's okay to say no. Yeah. And it's okay to put, I respect that to do sure. things that I need, that I prioritize for myself for sure. That's okay. And those kind of things, those are like the mental things that come with it too, sure. that I've learned anyway. So that's awesome. No, I like, look again, I respect the heck out of it. You know, CB, you're, you're saying you haven't drank since 2000. Again, I respect it. Like just different lifestyles. 2024 sure. years. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, oh. And I've got plenty of friends that are sober and, mm-hmm. you know, been through the ringer, sober, not sober, whatever. Like, I respect everybody's decision, but I just, goodness. it's It's a daily challenge just with, you know, like we just socially, casually, we don't have a problem. We'll go have drinks, sure. we'll go do this. And it's such a part of everyday life, hanging out at the games, especially going in to dinner, especially in Austin. Austin is a drinking city. Everything's about who, who, what, what margaritas do they have or what's the happy hour. That's, it's such a part of, you know, going to the games yeah. and having this, so you know. woven into the It's the so woven fabric. into it that yeah. you, and you really have to, like, if you're going to do it, like, you really have to plan to. Right. And, and I always say, tell people you're doing it. That way they can hold you accountable too. And sure. then when you say I'm not having a drink, they're like, okay, no problem. Yeah. Because we well, know you're doing something more than just not drinking today. You well, know? yeah. And you having your sister too, like having that moral support. I think that's yeah, we text each other all day, but like what, we're eating, what we're doing, right. But yeah, a little more intense. No, that's awesome, man. I, I love it. And so again, I, I respect it and, uh, have fun with that. So you'll anyway, be my speak, DD. Yeah. So, I know. No. Anyway, speaking of drinking, <laughs> wanting to drink, talk about living in Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to start. I do. We're going to talk oh, about yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll we got so it. much to talk about. Let's get to Texas court. I do want to say that. Yeah. Listen, and it, again, the petition, I, I need you to go ahead and correct this hmm. petition. The city is no longer Lubbock. Oh, no. It's LeBrock. LeBrock. Right? Like it's, That makes it sound too fancy, though. <laughs> LeBrock. When he's there, it's fancy. <laughs> right? But. Listen, that game, did you catch all of it? I was I was at the the baseball game right. with it on my phone. And we'll talk baseball with KD in a bit. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, watch back and forth. But the incident that happened, you know, I had it on the phone and everybody around me at baseball were yeah. talking and pointing it out and going through the replays. Mm-hmm. And, man, there's just something about Brock Cunningham that, that gets under Red Raiders' skin. And I am here for it. I am here for it. I, I definitely. He uh, embraces the hate. He does. Listen, we talked about this earlier. This. This was one of those games going into it that, again, we've we've talked about some of the inconsistencies with the men's basketball program this year. And there are games that we should win. And I'll put that in air quotes, right? Should win and get blown out by a healthy amount. At home against UCF. And then there are games, you know, Texas goes into a really hostile environment in Lubbock. Uh, really, really hostile against a team and fans that don't like Texas. Um, and come out. And never trail, never trail once in the game and and had a dominant performance. It again, this this team is a mystery to me, but it seems like they really embrace the hate. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, football kind of came up with that. Steve Sarkeesian said that earlier. Gotta embrace the hate. Mm-hmm. People aren't gonna like you. You're the University of Texas. And it, the the more that you embrace that, hold on to that and use it to fuel you, the better you are. And I mean, it seems to work for basketball too. They do better on the road. <laughs> I'm telling you. There's only a couple of teams in the Big 12 who have three road wins, and Texas is one of them. So it, it's it's crazy that, first of all, okay, let's talk about LeBron. So the, the, 
you know, Brock Cunningham from Westlake, right? He's been at Texas now for 30 years, 40 years. Roughly. He's yeah. been there yeah. a while. Jorts, you know, they have a Jorts night for him. Yeah. He's, yeah. And he's such a leader and he's such a role player off the bench. And um, especially with the transition when Chris Beard, Coach Beard left on tech, left, you know, yeah. the drama with Coach Beard, you know, being removed from the staff and all mm -hmm. those things. He was a huge leader in the transition and helping, you know, Rodney Terry get all the players, you know, on track. That He was such a big part of that. And I think the, we see him as just a, a, you know, role player doing the donkey work. We call it the donkey the work. The donkey work. Yeah, doing the the, <laughs> the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheets, right? Right. We see that all the time. And then, of course, every now and then he breaks out and drops a few threes for us. But the for some reason, he's been here so long and he's experienced all that vitriol from tech. He's mm -hmm. was a, he was in Lubbock when they would not let the bus move, you know, and blocking the bus and the, the things that they shout and scream at them, the stuff they throw on the court. He's seen this for years. Right. And they hate him, like you said, because he gives it back to them and they don't know how to handle it. Right. right. Smiles with his horns up and doesn't. And he gives it back to them and they can't stand him. And I learned on social media last night that he's like the most hated oh. Longhorn. I had no idea how much they hated they him. They hate Brock Cunningham. And listen, <laughs> and, I and that's it. the thing. I Again, tech fans are well known for, for dishing out a lot of crap. We'll talk about what happened on the court and around, you know, the surrounding incidents. But yeah, I mean, for years they go in and, and I got to tell you, it gets under their skin. We talked about this when we were in Alabama, you know, the horns mm -hmm. down thing. Mm -hmm. Opposing fans do that because they think they're going to get to Texas fans, right? Mm -hmm. But your horns, and again, there's a difference between getting in my space and just doing the horns do it down. Do over there, that's fine. But doing the horns down, they think, but the second you give them a reaction, oh, that's what they're going for, right? That's what fuels them. So I think that's truly part of why Brock bothers tech fans so much. Because he's like, because he doesn't care. <laughs> They can be ugly. They can be nasty. They can be attacking the, you know, the bus. They can be doing whatever, being really aggressive. And he smiles and leans into it, comes out of the tunnel, horns up. I mean, the man got ejected last night and was running through the tunnel with his horns up. Like the, <laughs> you got to love the moxie, man. You, and, and again, tech fans, especially, I'm not, I'm not saying it's unique to them, but especially everyone loves to hate Texas. Tech fans super love to hate Texas, but they live and thrive on getting a rise out of, you know, being the jerks and getting a rise out mm -hmm. of Texas fans and Texas players. And they can't do that with Brock. It killed them. <laughs> it, it, it fueled my soul last night. So it, yeah, it was. Uh, so let's talk about how much this leading up to this game, the yeah. environment at, yeah. in Lubbock. They were saying that some of these students had camped out since Friday. Yeah. Four or five days. For yeah. two and okay, this game means a lot. Yeah, they, they hate Texas so much. They have to be in a seat to watch what would have been the last time Texas has to go to Lubbock to play there. Mm -hmm. um, and probably still will be the last time they ever go there for anything. Well, baseball. Baseball. No, last. no, I mean basketball. Basketball, the basketball for sure. team. Right. So, you know, and Tech has a solid basketball program. They've had one for a while. Chris Beard took them to the championship game mm -hmm. just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. They, they're respected in the world of basketball they recruit well to to Lubbock for basketball so they have a program that they you know should be proud about but to just I I guess I don't understand like taking that to such a level of hatred yeah you know and then the, to the point where the last few times Texas has gone here they've had extra police security right extra mm -hmm. this and that to protect the players from the fans mm -hmm. the students who they can't control themselves, right? We saw a player, a student last night when 
let's let's talk about how it builds up. The the yeah. elbow. Tell us about the elbow to Aismas. Right. Yeah. Again, Aismas was was coming in. And look, I will I will sit here and say that this felt like a basketball play. It was aggressive. That's one of the things that I'm talking I, about. Which one? Both of them. Okay. But the whole game. Both teams were playing hard, playing aggressive. These are two mm-hmm. teams that don't like each other. They are going to play hard. And and I think a lot of people lose that context, lose that frame of reference. Mm-hmm. This wasn't, in my opinion, I, I didn't see a whole lot that I would say this was specifically vicious. This was specific, meant to hurt the meant player. to hurt, That's, right? I saw that. I, I definitely saw a lot of really aggressive, hard play. Some of it was a little over the top, no question. I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't. But, yeah, on this particular play, uh, A. Smith stepped in, took an elbow to the face. Now, could that have been called a flagrant? Could that have, you know, he's the, the shooter's leading with his elbow? Yeah. I, again, I'm not going to say it was intentional. I don't think it was intentional. But he sure didn't do anything. It, it, it didn't, like, hold back from the It was an exaggerated <laughs> movement. Let's just call it that. Yeah. An exaggerated movement. And, <laughs> and yeah, look, I think, you know, Ace Smith took that elbow to the face and was bleeding. They stopped play for it. And Yeah, he came out with a bandage on the to, rest of the to, game. To his credit, they bandaged him up. And it was a pretty big gash. We found out at the end of the game, after everything was over, he had six stitches. So, so that's a good gash. Credit him for, you know, getting it cleaned up. Staying in the game, playing Ooh, through that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have gone the same if he didn't come back. Agreed. In. And yeah. that doesn't feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and again, context is everything with the history of these two teams, with the vitriol that happens between these two teams. And just the, there's a, there's a, there's some tension here, right? Yeah. You can cut that with a knife. So put that into perspective. And then you get a, a player that's bleeding profusely <laughs> on a play that, you know, is a bang, bang play. Mm-hmm. These two teams, there's not a lot of leeway. There's not a lot of uh, forgiveness, perhaps, you know, understanding for, for incidents like that. Right. So leading this all leads up to, um, again, an aggressive play uh, coming after a rebound. Brock was going after, again, both players and the same guy that hit uh, uh, Smith in the with his elbow. Brock was going after the ball. I would I would argue that the elbow to the face was a basketball move. He's going up to shoot. An aggressive basketball and move. Exaggerated basketball. But I would also argue that Brock going after the ball was an aggressive basketball move. But Brock now, did not have to put his body now, into the other guy. Now, That's, again, yeah. this is where the aggression comes in, right? Yeah. I don't know that it was a coincidence. Again, I'm not saying and I don't believe that it was Brock's intention to hurt the guy. Yeah. That wasn't it. But I do think there was the, all right, you mess with my guy. We're not going to take it easy on you, right? Yeah. So that aggressive move, that is it a basketball move, in my opinion? Yes. Could it have been avoided? Could that much contact have been avoided? Also, yes. Oh, yeah. I, again, I'm I'm not debating if this is a, I mean, it was a flagrant for sure. Mm-hmm. What I would question is, is it a flagrant one or is it a flagrant two? And that's something that can kind of go back and forth, right? And worthy of an ejection. Yeah. Listen, so that's the flagrant two part of it. Again, they've at NCAA added new terms this year to describe flagrant two. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's dangerous. And I mean, there's a lot, or there's a lot of really, but even those are still judgment calls. Do right. I think it's dangerous? Like the, the elbow thing we have, you know, Cooter, one of our, the friends of our show tech and player intentionally dropped his elbow, not part of shooting the basketball. I agree with you. Right. And, but it's up to the ref to judge if that was part of his throwing motion, did he mean to do, you know, so there's still so much judgment and they're trained professionals. They know what to look for, but it is, it is a judgment call. Right. I would say no one is cheering that 
Brock did a little too much. Right. But they are happy that he was not taking their shit anymore. Right. Right. And 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 I want to be really clear about this. Like, I am not for players attacking other players. I'm not, I'm not for dirty play. No. I personally, I don't think the play was dirty. Like a lot of tech fans want to characterize it. It could have been cleaner. Oh, yeah. You that know, I'm not, I'm tiptoeing yeah. around this, but but I will say, okay, so the difference between a flagrant one uh, and flagrant two. So flagrant one is a play that is excessive in nature or unnecessary or unavoidable, uncalled for, or not required by the circumstances of the play. That this met that at least. I think that yeah. meets that that yeah. that you know level. Now, mm -hmm. flagrant two is the same thing, but the player also gets ejected, right? The rules added more words to describe this scenario, which is including brutal, harsh, or cruel, or dangerous, or punishing. So, I don't know. To maybe, me, those maybe words, the punishing because they know he was. This was the guy that took if the elbow saying, his face, and they were looking for some kind of retaliation. If, if, that maybe that was right. part of why. It if was this a was a clear retaliation, but there was enough time in between, I don't know that you can make. You guys still got him on the court. I get that, but I don't know that you can make that clear distinction. This is definitely retaliation. Oh yeah. Again, I'm not. I'm not saying it was or it wasn't. I don't. I'm just saying maybe think, that's why they're. But again, thinking. the words brutal, harsh, cruel, dangerous, or punishing. Those are the. That's what separates a flagrant one and a flagrant two, right? So all of those dangerous into the table. They're subjective, yeah. you know. Now, yes, into the table, but again, that does that fault, you know, the space that's available. Uh -huh. Again, aggressively well, let, going let's, for a let's ball. Let's look at it again. So we have the video here. Bring let's let's show it. Here's yeah. the call. Here's the play. Um, that was it. Real time. Yeah, keep it real time. Yeah, that was it. It was. Sliding hard shove. Yeah. And look, immediately. It happens so fast. Let's see. Sliding up, oh, sliding hard shove. That was flagrant one for sure. Agreed. Flagrant two, I don't I don't see it. That that's that's my argument. I don't agree with the flagrant two. Um, I cert again, both players were going hard, leaning in for the ball. Cunningham did turn his hip to give him a shove. That is absolutely flagrant one. The I don't through, know if it's flagrant It's more two. aggressive than it needed to be. Yeah. Right. So, look, I, I get it. And then, of course, things got real chippy. Oh, yeah. You got the words flying around. You know, My favorite part of all of this is Brock turns around instantly. Doesn't even look at the player. Just turns around. Here's the whistle. Turns around instantly and is like, what do I do? You know, like, <laughs> they all right. do that. who did this? You know, like, I, 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 I do that. I, yeah, I appreciate it. I, it made me giggle when when that happened. But. I, look, I I think what I would offer is for me. I, I I when I play basketball, I played aggressive basketball, so I get it. I got banged up a lot. Other people got banged up a lot. I appreciate intense players. Mm -hmm. Brock Cunningham, if nothing else, is an intense player. Yes, I think Tech has a lot of intense players, right? I think it gets real ticky tacky when you start saying saying what their intent was. Did they mm -hmm. intend? To injure? Did they intend to hurt? I can't say that one way or the other. I, I'm not willing to say that. But the point that I'm making is if as a tech fan or a Texas fan, if you're going to bitch about one of them, you've got to respect the other one, right? Like it's mm -hmm. one wasn't more offensive than the other, in my opinion. They were same level of intensity. And one somebody did actually get injured. Right. 
Right. <laughs> and the other one did not. So, so again, I think there's both merits that you could, you could argue on both sides of that. Right. Mm. And all I'm going to say is if you think that the, the play where, you know, Ace Smith got cut, if you think that was clean and fine and just regular basketball, then you kind of have to use the same lens to look at Cunningham's play, in my opinion. I, I mean, I could see that. I, I think Brock could have held back. And I would say flagrant one for sure, too. I don't know. Yeah. But so once that play happened, all hell broke loose, right? Yeah, absolutely. That people were pushing and shoving, they're breaking up the player, like they were pulling their own players away, like so that there wouldn't be more drama. And then the fans started getting crazy and they're throwing stuff down onto the court. And and again, let's set the stage a little bit. Prior to this, when the elbow to Aceness happened and he was on the ground oh, yeah. and bleeding, they started chanting that he was a pussy. Yeah. Over and over and over. over. And again, yeah, there's video words, out. whatever. But don't when try you have to an play. injured player bleeding from the head right. and the classiest fan base is calling him a pussy. Right. And chanting it when somebody's injured. Yeah. Like do it after, but during an injury, no matter what. Like I'll get on Texas fans for that. You don't you don't cheer on an injury, no matter who's no. hurt. You just don't. You don't want to see guys hurt. So with that in mind, again, and for them to keep saying it was just a few fans being jerks, it was just a few fans. There's literally a video. video of half <laughs> yeah. the stadium shouting at an injured player, right? Right, okay, so then that happened, right? And then, the, so all hell broke loose with the Brock incident, and then the the fans are throwing liquor bottles, water bottles. Like, how do they have all this bottles in well, there? Well, it was beer cans, it was open beer but cans. We saw a bottle of like a little, um, yeah, the, it, the, the, the schnapp thing. It that you looked guys- to me like fireball. Yeah, I, like fireball. I can't yeah. say what it was, but it looked like the a mini because it had a little red red top. top. Yeah, that's and, the one and they were about Coach this thing. Terry picked up. <laughs> right, exactly. And again, it started with the beer, the open beers. So they had to stop play, clean the floor, like clean yeah, they the, were rushing the debris, clean. but also get the the liquid off the floor, right? And then there's the the little bottles too. So I, again, I want to be clear when we say bottles. They looked like plastic bottles. So yeah, it's, plastic they're not bottles. Glass oh, plastic on the court. Water bottle, plastic water. Right. Bottle, yeah. You know, so it was, you know, not beer cans, full beer cans and, you know, empty liquor, small liquor bottles and things mm-hmm. like that. But you're still trashing your own court. Right. And to the extent that their coach had to get on the mic and they did, in fact, get the administrative technical for it because. Yeah. There was debris and they had to stop play to clean everything up. So Texas got two free throws. And then they continued to throw it. And so at that point, the coach, you know, and Fran was talking about this on the, on the broadcast, the coach had to get on the mic and get it under control and say, and he was pissed. Yeah. You know, he was saying, look, stop throwing. It has to stop. Stop throwing stuff. I the wanted court. them to throw things until they, we just shot a hundred free right? throws. It, and look, I, it was, it was really interesting to, to see that it's the fact that you have to have your coach tell your fans to not throw things onto the the court is is something and, and then beyond that but now to tech security credit they did identify one of the guys now let's be clear it wasn't just one guy no there were lots of things all over the floor <laughs> but they found this kid and uh i think he was 18 as well yeah he he's only 18 so he couldn't have possibly been drunk because he's only oh, 18 but there's um, a video of him being we're showing it now yeah. there's like it's five or six cops dragging this dude out and his mugshot is out it's i tweeted it this morning so we put his mugshot in the comments but um he's being dragged out which is good get physically lifted and carried. but he's fighting off cops as if that's security. gonna help security there was a sheriff that came up eventually yeah there was a sheriff that yeah. finally came up but he's fighting off security and then eventually officer an right. officer at least one right as if that's going to help his case. 
I don't think he was thinking logically at that no, point. No, but he couldn't have been drunk because he was only 18. Yeah. And the stadium wouldn't allow him to Clearly. come in or sell him alcohol. Now, look, I'm glad they kicked him out. I will say I've seen plenty of incidents. We've, we've been involved with incidents at, at Texas Tech where <clears throat> sometimes the fans get out of control. Sometimes they're handled and escorted and out. And sometimes, sometimes they're not. Sometimes nothing's done. Sometimes right. they take so, so, you know, you give security at tech credit mm -hmm. they stepped up where in the past there hasn't been enough security for a texas game right yeah. so they, they got the kid out of there and i will say this a lot of the tech fans were cheering when oh, yeah, they, they were, were dragging his ass out yeah. and so and i will say again i don't think it's any secret i'm not a huge fan of tech or their fan base but i did see a lot of tech fans on on social media today saying that was embarrassing mm -hmm. your fans that was embarrassing i'm like you guys just got a glimpse of what the rest of us have seen for years. Like this shouldn't be a shock. I mean, there. But I'm glad that this was throwing, a, yeah. right. But I'm glad that this was a wake up enough to show. Like this was an embarrassing incident for the tech fan yeah. base, right? And but they're they're known for throwing things out. They're known for throwing tortillas and mm -hmm. batteries and different things. They're known for that. Again, I I would so, argue, yeah, batteries unacceptable. Tortillas, but it's still. It. To throw but it's things debris. onto a court and yeah. somebody could still slip and fall and hurt themselves right. or whatever. Not that a tortilla is so dangerous, right. but it's it's just still, they're known for it. Right. And for the people who get on, you know, my comments and be like, tech's never done this. It's just yeah. a couple of You're people. Lying. We don't do That's that. never happened. And you can't judge a yeah. whole fan base by three people. I'm sorry. I saw 3,000 <laughs> shouting at a injured player. Right. And then I've seen over my lifetime hundreds yeah. of terrible fans throw things out on the field right. so that it happened last night and yes you can pull up a video from 2017 yeah. of a couple of texas fans acting stupid do you have anything from the last 10 years let me be clear <laughs> yeah i mean texas fans have their idiots yeah we have every fan yeah. base has their idiot yeah but but as a whole when you have a nationwide reputation of of you know having just 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 a bad fan base that does things like that that this isn't uncommon that this is an expected thing Where the team needs extra police security right. yeah i mean there's drugs <clears throat> everywhere but people don't need extra police security right. to come into texas right definitely so that's the, i think that's the difference that means there's a real threat yeah a real danger agreed and listen i, I we'd love to hear y'all's comments we'd love to hear what y'all think is it did you think that brock was was that a flagrant two was it a flagrant one what do y'all do you, do you feel it was even was it retaliatory? Would love to hear y'all's comments on that. You know, certainly we could talk about this all day, every day. Let's talk uh, about the actual game. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Texas came in there and whooped their ass. They were up by what 29, <laughs> 30 points at one point. 29, yeah. Never so it was back and forth for a bit. Texas took like a 10-point lead. Tech right away got within five. But after that, Texas was gone. Yeah. It, and it, and the, they ended up winning by 12, but even that's deceiving because in the last couple seconds they dropped a little throwaway three. But it was 15, 20 points comfortably for the last right. four or five minutes. The game was just they were so dominating on defense, so aggressive on the rebounds. It Disu and Asmus were shooting well. Brock off the bench, uh, Shedrick off the bench, amazing. Like, I just think that the team was focused and they had a good plan, but their defense was, they held them to like 27% shooting in the first half mm -hmm. and one three-pointer in yeah. the first half. Yeah, it was. That was real. That yeah, was Texas. A strong start on the road. Yeah, again, Texas, Texas looked great. This was, this is a basketball team that can compete. Mm -hmm. This is a basketball team that can show up and, and play hard and, maybe make a little bit of waves in the tournament. Am I saying they're a national championship contender? Probably not. But if this Texas team shows up pissed and shows up motivated and shows up playing as a team, mm -hmm. man, this, this, there's, 
there's not a lot this team couldn't accomplish. So it's just finding that consistency again. I don't know if games like this are a thrill or just enraging because you know that the team, <laughs> you know, Texas has it in them, right? You know that they yeah. have the capability of, of, of playing well and playing good basketball. Now, we also have to point out that Tech was missing their big guy, their big their big guy in the center. So, uh, what is he? Was Damn he worth thirty feet. points though? It it was aggressive. Was no, he worth thirty points? Twelve maybe. Twelve maybe. I don't know. So again, yes, it mattered, but I don't think it was a difference of thirty. Points. Shout out to to Coach Terry and to the team for stepping up when it mattered and and when things were, you know, on the line. And I don't know. Maybe we need more hatred thrown at us to motivate this basketball team. They, they do seem to play with that fire under them once they get going. So I don't know. It definitely, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Texas has several more games left, a couple on the road that we know are going to be really difficult. They play at Baylor, um, which, which is the big Monday night game, right? Against number uh, 15 Baylor in their new arena. So that again, Baylor historically a good basketball program. Yeah. And the so. hate, the hate, they will be there hating. So yeah. That's good. They'll uh, have their horns down and they'll probably print shirts. Right. They'll probably I all wear this. I hope they do. Cause then I would be <laughs> to win. If I start seeing tweets from Baylor basketball saying wear white blackout, whatever they're going to do, <laughs> then I'm like, all right, Texas we by go. 20. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Count it. But we got to win the ones at home the next two. We have Oklahoma state at home and then OU at home. We do over the next week and a half, 10 days. So, so those are the ones that we really have to finish strong at home. If you win on at Baylor, ooh, that just helps your standings in, in the brackets. But to if they can just cover home home court the next two games with they went to OU and, and beat them, they beat Oklahoma State already too. So yeah. Now we'd be remiss if we didn't mention good old Joey McGuire. CB thanks brings it up here. Joey McGuire cursed him. Listen, I have a personal request to Joey McGuire. Please talk. Could, could you show up? to every game that that Texas is playing someone and just talk shit like that would make me feel good. Remind us where we are. Remind us where we're, we are. We're in love it. What needs to happen? Remind us that they, they need to know who, where the court, whose house they're in. Talk about geography. Yeah. Talk about buildings. I'm good with it. Like, please bring that. Now, I will say again, we'll talk about this a little later, but Texas starts off, Texas baseball starts off mm-hmm. big 12 play in Lubbock. Again, at Tech, at tech it is a, it is a, Tech has a good baseball program. They mm-hmm. really do. So that is not a fun place to play. It's a hostile place to play. The wind is crazy. So I'm just asking, McGuire, please show up to that game. Yeah. Remind us that you're in Lubbock again and that Texas is there. And um, yeah, maybe we your see. Mark too. Your Mark, come maybe in and see another come in and talk at a banquet. Talk at a banquet the night before about how you really <laughs> need tech to get get after Texas and, and baseball too, because that worked out really well in football. I know. I love it. I love it. Well, look, we've we've got a lot of fun coming up. Uh, again, our friend Kevin Dunn is about to join us. He is yeah. prepping up, getting warm. We're gonna talk some baseball. Um, but before we do, we've got Texas again. Texas baseball's got some fun stuff coming up. We got mm-hmm. a big tournament this weekend, and then a big midweek game against the Aggies. And I did want to say, I know we're going to be at that game. Yes. Well, we'll I'll have uncharacteristic. I will have my full tailgate set up on a Tuesday. Oh, nice. Because why not? It's fun. Why not? But it is. I do want to say, come out and say uh, our, our friend of boss is going to be out with us from Longhorn Laundry. Yes. Yeah, he's going to be out there. He's going to have some swag. Uh, have some, maybe some special discounts for y'all. So if y'all haven't heard, please, you got to check out Longhorn Laundry. A boss is great. Um, listen, nobody likes to do laundry. I hate it. I hate laundry. It drives me nuts. And what Longhorn Laundry does is they come, they pick up your dirty clothes, they wash them, clean them, make them all pretty, press them, seal them, 
and re-deliver them back to you. They deliver them back to you. The delivery and pickup are free with that's, the service. That's a great service. And if you mention Fire the Cannon, you guys will actually get a $20 discount on your first service. That is FTC20 uh, for the code. Check out longhornlaundry.com. We'll throw it up in the comments there. Um, and yeah, if, you, if you're coming out to baseball to enjoy a, a beautiful day on, on a Tuesday, uh, as the Longhorns take on the Aggies, come stop by, say hi, say hi to the boss. Grab some swag, get a, take a picture, too, take a picture. He'll um, be all dressed up, I'm sure. Yeah, he will. He'll be in his burn orange man regalia. So it'll be <laughs> it'll be a good time. Good time to see out and, and a lot of fun out at the ballpark. So, yes, yeah, I love it. Well, um, before we jump into more baseball uh, with Katie, when he joins us, I do. We got to talk about the women for just a minute. Yes, just for sure. So uh, women's basketball up to number three. Feeling good? Feeling fancy? Considering what they've had to overcome mm-hmm. to get to this point and then yeah, so you mentioned like Vic Schaefer, he's killing it. He's so appreciative and thankful for his staff and his players. He gives them credit all the time. Um, tonight's a big game. It is. Tonight is a big game. And it's 6 p.m. It's, you know, when, when we get off of here, uh, grab a bite to eat and then be in front of the TV, ESPN Plus. You got mm-hmm. the app, don't worry. Um, <laughs> and this is for the leader of the Big 12 because OU, they're, they're going to play at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw Oklahoma came into uh, – that was a really weird game. Oklahoma came into Austin and it won was. that game. But Texas in the Big 12, 13-3, and three, OU 14-2. and two. So this game is going to decide the women's Big 12 regular season champion. Right. Right. Who doesn't get any bigger than that? Yeah, right now, I mean, OU owns, owns that, that tiebreaker over Texas because of that win yeah. in Austin. So definitely a big game tonight at six o'clock um if you're in oklahoma first of all i'm sorry that sucks sorry i hope you get out soon but <laughs> go check out the longhorns if you can uh playing at ou if not definitely stay glued to those tvs because that is going to be a really great game again if you had if you had told me at the beginning of this season that texas would lose their number one player player of the year national player of the year and and at this point in the season be in contention for not only for the big 12 championship but also ranked number three in the nation yeah a i wouldn't believe a top you. two seed i wouldn't believe you so just an incredible do you think coach schaefer deserves coach of the year is that is he in the conversation here i nationally i i don't know like of course we're biased and we can we have our <laughs> lens just on what the texas program has had to, had to overcome mm-hmm. i'm sure there are other programs around the country who are overcoming things like injuries or you know but i would have to say that He's deserving of being in the conversation because we follow closely yeah. and we've seen what they've had to, you know, adjusting players, preparing, training, getting them prepared for all these different matches every week, knowing that the personnel is constantly changing, people stepping up into different positions. And to hear him talk, um, I can hear him talk all day. He's fortunately with the Longhorn Network, we get to see his interviews and it's it's really it's just so the way he talks, just like you're at home with him. And I feel like that's probably what the players respond to that too, because he just feels like so genuine and he works them hard and he praises them hard. He's fiery. And that jacket comes off. You're in trouble. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Listen, I, I think he absolutely should be in the conversation and looking around the nation. I can't pick out another coach that has done more given the circumstances that he's in. You know, he's, he's developing a true freshman that comes in and she's been, just outstanding. You take out Rory. I mean, again, Rory is a make or break player for a team, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that Texas didn't crumble, hasn't fallen apart and has that in fact risen in the ranks without their star player 
for the majority of the season. That to me, that's coaching. That's, that's coaching. straight up coaching. You, you, you had your players there, you had them prepped, you had them ready. They were ready for the occasion. They've stepped up so far mm-hmm. and played some really damn good basketball. So I say, yeah, I think he's a hundred percent deserving to be in the conversation. Yes. I'd give him the award. So, okay. Of course you can, you can award it. Um, so that's, uh, 6 p.m. tonight, ESPN Plus app. Uh, we're we're going to add Kevin Dunn in we just are. a second. But first, let me just tell you about Covert BK yeah. Auto Group. Covert Auto Group, family-owned uh, group of dealerships. They're here in the Austin area, out in the Texas Hill Country, just outside of Austin and BK. They are on 42 beautiful Hill Country acres. You can go by and see their new state-of-the-art dealerships. They have seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You can also visit Covert, Ford, and Chevy in Hutto, and Ford, Lincoln, in Austin. So if you are looking for a vehicle, covertbcave.com. So give them a stop by and see what their inventory and specials are. Absolutely. It's always a good time to buy a car. Absolutely. All right, y'all. We're going to welcome our friend. Well, we are excited. Our, our, Our good buddy. Kevin Dunn is joining us. Hey, Katie, how you doing, friend? Hey, Katie. how are y'all? Can you hear me? We right, can. Exactly. All right, good. Unlike good. us, your mic you, works. You know how to use your mic when we don't. Yeah, well, y'all are much better friend. at this than I am. I, I texted <laughs> Megan and was like, hey, send me the link to, and I gave the wrong Gmail. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you so, know, we got it handled. So I miss both y'all. How are y'all doing? We're good, good. Living live life. Baseball's back. You know, Rockies, of course, jet setting everywhere every weekend. I know. No, no, Rocky. Rocky. Um, so you've been all over the place. Like I've been to a lot of places, yes. <laughs> She's home for a little bit. Well, and then you leave for a college station, but that's a quick you were in. You were like in Canada, right? Yeah, I was in Canada this weekend with Nadia in Vancouver. She was playing rugby on Thursday and Friday, and then Friday night, Saturday, we got to go to the international rugby tournament that it's this world circuit. And it was the stop in Vancouver, which is why they had this tournament with it. So we got to see all the international teams play and That's it's, cool. it's just amazing. Like every 22 minutes is new, two new countries. So, you know, well, except for great Britain who has to put everybody together to be one team, they should have England, Scotland, Wales. Ireland, Wales, <laughs> not Great Britain, but Ireland did play on their own. I think there's some drama there. And then well, Argentina, I, as an New Irish Zealand, guy, I can Samoa. tell you, I, I, I'm sure there was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, New Zealand, Samoa, like, like uh, Spain. Well, the USA, of course, is always fun to cheer for. Fiji, like all the teams. And it's um, open seating, general admission for most of the stadium. So Nadia and I got there. Even when we got there Friday evening, we thought, oh, we're going to be sitting wherever. We got to walk right up, sit right at the front row, right above where the players are warming up and playing. And, like, you can see everything. And then Saturday morning we got there early, so we were right in the front row. It was great. That's it was amazing. just a fantastic rugby. And Well, I do want to say this. Nadia has turned into, like, my niece who – I brag about to everyone and <laughs> with anyone that generation, like, so Trey's daughter Vivian is awesome. And is like much better than Trey. It didn't take a lot, but um, is like <laughs> fucking great. And I'm like, you want to be Nadia. Like Nadia is so ahead of her time. She could have <laughs> existed in any generation or any era and mm-hmm. just would no. I, you know, I mean that like, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I know. And Megan, you also know what I'm saying is true too. I adore her. Yeah, that's that. I I call her my niece straight up. Like it confuses the heck out of people. Like, yeah, it's my yeah. niece. But deal with it. I've got a lot of nieces and nephews, <laughs> or not a lot, but enough to where they're like, "Well, how many? You know, you have one sister." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's my niece." You know. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> hey, look, we got some friends coming in. Dave saying hi to Katie, making a guest appearance. What up, yeah. this, oh, Dave. Guest I mean, you're, appearance. you're a guest Dave is obviously playing to me there. He probably changed his profile. It's like, it was a dog. Now it's a cat. I love That's those. In a but suit. I love that. I love it. I'm not in a mad tan about suit. it. Don't cause drama in that tan suit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Talk about it. The most the most offensive thing you could do is wear a tan suit, right? All right. Uh, all I right. Had, so Katie. I had one tan suit and I never bought another one. Yeah, well, that's uh, fair. I'm sure it was nice. Yeah. So yeah. we have you here to, to chat up some baseball, but uh we're gonna throw a little bit of football on you first before, before we go in. All and right. basketball too. So I fell asleep old man here at 8:15 last night. Oh, bless like, your heart. Right before the dramas. <laughs> So I didn't know exactly what happened with St. John's and all the drama. And I'm like, let me, you know, and I didn't want to, but I fell asleep. So I'm rewatching on ESPNU right now, the game. Yeah. And all right. So you're seen- watching the tech, the tech game. Where are you? Have you seen the brawl already? Oh, I have. And, you know, throw Thoughts? it up, Rocky. Throw <laughs> yeah. it up. Oh, oh, broccoli. Throw up, throw up that W. Listen. Uh, we got arrested in San Francisco uh, with our guy. What was his name? Uh, the uh, uh, Silk Road guy, Ross Obright. Oh, God. Westlake. Westlake. Yeah. Westlake, what's up? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask you this. We talked about this a lot earlier on. Do you think that was a flagrant one, flagrant two? not flagrant at all what do you think this is where i have to kind of get into new age like i mean i watch the bulls and the pistons that's like my you know you're a michigan person so like that would have been you know one foul um i get now why they're doing it and i think they should like we shouldn't have the basketball i had growing up um that it's like a brawl out there but it's a hip check. Fucking, you know, grow up. I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, you don't get ejected for that. You get a flagrant and, and two free throws. I get it. And then tech turned into tech. So. Right. Look, I got to agree with you, man. I, I think flagrant one was more yeah, than justified. Flagrant one. You know, I get it. Flagrant one uh, more than justified. Flagrant two. I don't know. It. it yeah. Intense so or subjective. dangerous. Yeah. I, I don't. I think that was no. a, a reach to say it was dangerous but, or, yeah. 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 But, yeah, but I, you got to love it. I was making about Bill Lambeer and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Listen, I, I, we would say, we talked about like playing in Lubbock and, mm-hmm. you know, basketball. This is last time. I don't know if folks have a short memory, but a couple years ago, I mean, obviously there was a big hullabaloo when we, when CDC met with Coach Beard at a McDonald's, <laughs> got him to come to Austin um, but then the announcement that Texas was leaving for the SEC and all this is coming in and tech, I think people really forget this. The tech administration threw a fit. This was back in yeah. 21. I think it was mm-hmm. 22, maybe. Um, but they were pissed. They were saying, you know, you should be playing us. You're taking all this money out of the Texas economy. To play us. Texas not coming right. and playing here is going to ruin the Lubbock economy. I mean, it was this big thing. And there were rumors of tech proposing, uh, 25 20 years, years yeah. of, of home and away, you know, keeping the programs playing and CDC kept quiet. Now, whether there were real discussions about that or not, or if this was a pipe dream for tech, but I think it's fair to say that Texas ain't going to be going back to Lubbock no. anytime no. soon. There's, no, there's I mean, no 
there's nothing in it for Texas to go there. Right. No, I mean, so my, my sister's married to a tech guy. My nephew went there. Um, I mean, I, I try to be cool about it, but you know, I was talking with an investor earlier. If I'm a dickhead and he's got, and he's investing in what we do, um, that's on me. And so, you know what, if you're Iowa State, Tech, Kansas State, and you know that your bread is buttered by this one school, um, don't be such a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, I, I feel like that is they they are laying in the bed that they made. Yeah. Uh, you know, Texas, yeah. Texas is not responsible for the financial you know, no, solvency no. or well-being of, of of Lubbock or of the university, uh, you know, Texas Tech University. I, I don't know, man. I, you know, people call tech, Texas fans arrogant and I can see some of it. Mm -hmm. But when you're pissed off that, you know, you tell your daddy's the worst. Oh, you're a fucking terrible dad. Yeah. I'm so much better without you, dad. Oh, you're the worst. And then right. he's like, all right, go live on your own. Wait, what? No, no more money? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't still get an allowance. No, if man. I told Robert earlier, you know, you're a fuckhead. He'd be like, all right, I don't need to invest in your company then. And be like, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I'm sorry. I was, you know, it's like, no. I mean, understand also, kind of what's going on. They got to call the police. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Problematic. You know, and and, and getting back to the Irish thing, there was a big part of me. It's like, if you want to be that big of a dickhead to us. And we've propped you up for 50 years, you know, go ahead and sit and spin. Right. Have fun. Yeah. Enjoy the long yeah. rest of the battle. We're and, fine. And we'll talk to you in 50 years and maybe get something going on. Yeah. Let us know. When good, you... good luck to them. Yeah. Best. Yeah. In the big 12. Best of luck. No, I mean, it's <laughs> the end of the day why I went on the real world to get back at a girlfriend who burned me at UT. So I, I, I do well, have Patty's that. Patty's you know, your elevating. favorite color. <laughs> I love it. Got that vindictiveness. Just a little, just a touch. Yeah. Yeah. A little so funny. I love it. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, we could talk about this all day and the experiences we've all had with tech fans and we will, we'll continue this conversation to be sure, but want to jump in before we, we dive into baseball. Definitely want to talk a little bit about the NFL combine, little Texas football going on. What's going on, Rocky? Like, Okay, so this is, according to Bianco, this is the most Longhorns that have gone to the Combine in a year. 11. Yeah. So th this is, we've talked about. The, how many the, years though, Rocky? It, they said all-time all time best. He said all-time. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, so yeah, Combine's gotten a lot much more in the last 10 years, and it would have been, what, like 2010, the last time we had this many people there probably, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it starts tomorrow, February 29th, goes through Sunday, March 3rd. Um, Sunday's March 3rd, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so a long, over a long weekend. And we're going to talk with Rod Baber soon and interview him. So he's going to tell us all about his combine experience. <laughs> we're working on that. Um, and so, I, like, you behind, also, you, you know, I love Rod. Ask Rod about, you know, Rod was the last one to kick out the last white cornerback. <laughs> and there's a guy in Iowa. Cooper DeGene, who I think is going to be a really good cornerback, but Rod kicked out Jason Seahorn when he got drafted. Oh, yes. We've heard him. And he felt awful about it because Rod's such a great guy. The <laughs> last know, white kid. unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, uh, so just to get your thoughts real quick, uh, the, the draft is in Detroit, mm -hmm. Megan, at the end of April. And 
we have Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, Keelan Robinson, Ryan Watts, Devondre Sweat, Jordan Whittington, Adonai Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders, Byron Murphy II, Christian Jones, and Jalen Ford. Is there anyone in there that you really think is going to shine, shock, surprise, go ahead of where all these draft boards? I know you've been following the NFL draft where you expect players to go. Is there anyone in there that you're just like, wait, wait, wait till y'all see where he ends up? Um, I mean, so, so Trey asked me in September, I think September is like, who's your MVP for the team? And I was like, Byron Murphy's blown me away. Mm-hmm. Now, Devondre ended up being the defensive MVP because Devondre is great. He's a two gap guy, he's a run stuffer. But with what the NFL is looking for, which is a, you know, a three, one or zero technique can really rush a passer and collapse a pocket. Byron Murphy, Byron Murphy could go anywhere from nine to 13 from the NFL. Byron Murphy's going to be a first round pick right right now. I promise you, I'd put everything on it. I think Adnan Mitchell probably will be, who would there be 30 to, you know, first five picks of the second round. Um, So I think we're going to have one to two first round picks and a ton of second round picks. I think Brooks is probably the first running back taken. Um, I think Tavondre goes in the second round. Um, I think Xavier goes in the second round. Um, I'll tell you this and you guys know what I did with with Morgan Stanley. So I dealt with a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. Christian Jones is going to blow people away. Yeah, Mm -hmm. We love him. I think Christian will go anywhere from the, yeah, and y'all know, hell, y'all hooked me up with that, these guys. So, um, <laughs> I but, didn't. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. How dare you? Um, <laughs> that I think Christian is going to blow people away in interviews. I think Kyle Flood got him technique wise in a good spot. And um, I he's think he's got the Yeah. What'd you say, Megan? Yeah, he's got his mind. I, I think that's where right, being yeah. at the combine, that's I that's where I think Christian's gonna really make a big difference. Like not only did his technique improve, you know, massively under flood, but he's he's got the maturity, he's yeah. got a high football IQ, and I think that's really gonna come out in the combine. I think that's he's gonna do him some some favors there. I got I think he will. I mean, he's one of those guys who interview him. We hadn't signed him, and we had all these guys at Matzel Rancho we had with us and he came in and I told, you know, our guy, I'm like, we have to sign this guy. I think he's getting better and better. And he blew all of us away. Like he, he's such a great, super smart, great guy. Um, like he's got everything going for him. And I, I think Christian, you know, probably fourth, fifth rounder, but I think he's going to be a steal for people yeah. and he's going to play for a long time at right tackle. He's only going to get better. And um, and he's such a, I mean, he'll be a great locker room guy. He'll be everything you want if you're working in a business, you know, and you've got people around you like Christian Jones is a winner. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, we're, we'll definitely be rooting for him. Hope to see him go. Now, Jonathan Brooks, again, we, we knew that he was in contention um, for the Doak, even after his injury. Um, what could have been right. Mm. Um do you still think? Do you think that injury is going to have a really big impact? Have you heard anything about his recovery and how he's doing after um, that ACL repair? 
Yeah, his doctor came out and has told NFL teams that everything is ahead of schedule and that he should be ready for camp, which is a big deal. Um, wow. He's not going to – yeah, he won't participate in any of this. But, you know, and I hate to be this guy. I sound like a homer, but I was working with these guys. And um, he's another really good guy um, and is a hard worker. And he's going to impress people. You know, blitz pickup will probably be the biggest thing they talk to him about. Um, he's got all that up here. So he'll be fine. But if he can come back on schedule, I think he could be the first back taken overall. He's lucky is a running back class, which is not very heavy. And they're obviously devalued uh, just by nature now um, right. with the NFL, fair or not. Um, but you got Trey Benson, who I like, coming up in the injury. Uh, Estime from Notre Dame. I'm like uh, – you know, he's the top guy. And so I think he'll be in the second round. And I think he's going to, you know, be ready to go next year. My guess is next year, we're going to be looking at Bijan and him and Roshan and be like, hey, RBU's back, man. Right. Yeah. RBU, baby. I love it. Yeah. the All the boards I'm seeing still have Jonathan Brooks as the top, um, top running back off okay, the board. Good. And I haven't seen anything different. I'm sure there's always, you know, they go up and down. But overall, even with the injury, the best running back available. So that tells a lot for the development at Texas and his just his talent and who he yeah. is. Yeah. Right. Can I say this though? That no. <laughs> <laughs> That's I it. I, I miss y'all. Rocky, will you please come home and not be traveling so much? I, so we can all... I, I'm home now. <laughs> yes, um, Jaden Blue blew me away. Like, you know, back to back there, blue and blue. But um, Jaden Blue is going to be an All-American in a first, second round pick. Yeah. Jaden Blue's that good. Yeah. And I loved it. I told Trey, I was like, first time I saw him, he had a full face. You know, he looked like a fullback. <laughs> Yet he had the second fastest time miles per hour in Waco. Yeah. Crazy. Jaden yeah. Blue can fly, and then and then once he got carries, I saw him cutting and reading, and I was like, "Oh shit, you're a full running back too." Yeah, like Jaden Blue's the next guy for me, and and okay. and I'll, I mean, I think they're loaded. It shows you how loaded they were. Think about they would have Bijan, Roshan, and all those guys, and it'd be one of those backfields, y'all, that we look back in ten years and be like, "Holy fuck, they." NFL guys. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with that, man. I think we're going to look back and just say we were spoiled for choice. You Our, know, RBU. Crazy. And they're still coming. Christian Clark. I mean, they're they're still coming. These yeah. big name five-star running backs are still coming or guys that can carry the ball. We didn't mention Baxter, who was good for a freshman. Baxter, right. who took, yeah, he didn't. took the yeah. first, first um, starting spot at the beginning of the season. Another another guy that kind of had a running back sort of role, but more special teams that's in the combine, Keelan yeah. Robinson. Yeah. What do you think about, is he a draftable? Can, are you seeing him someone that's going to get drafted? Probably Rocky, probably UDFA. But what people forget when you talk to these NFL people or agents, um, there's a 53-man roster, which should be much higher. Y'all are making $10 trillion a year. Like, right. can we move this to 62 and actually mm -hmm. get people who deserve this spot to be in there? You know, um, mm -hmm. big frustration for me in the NFLPA. Um, but 
So it would probably be UDFA, but right. 53 man roster, you have to have guys who could be gunners on special teams, right? Right. So Roshan, I knew Roshan would get drafted high because he's a great running back, mm-hmm. but he's also a great gunner and good special teams guy. That that'll make Keelan Keelan will be on an NFL roster next year. Yeah. Because well, and yeah, well, well, too, and and that's where a lot of I, to me, that's where some of the most fun battles are to watch, right? When you're when you're watching preseason, when you're watching stuff like that, you know, the the fights in the trenches, the big guys that that go in the early rounds, they know that they're going to be there. They know they've got a spot on the team, but that's where the fights come in, right? You can yeah. really prove yourself and earn your spot on the team is showing right. that you can be valuable on special teams, showing that you've got that speed uh, and developing more into. It. I mean, the same is true of college. That's that's where you make. You make your impression. You get to earn some, you know, brownie points there. So, yeah, I like that. I, I, I think I agree with you, Katie. I, I don't foresee a world where Robinson gets drafted, but somebody's going to get a steal. Somebody's oh, yeah. going to get a steal with and, him. And I'll tell you this: someone representing people financially. Once you got to the sixth or seventh round, we didn't want them to get drafted. Right. No, let <laughs> us pick. Let's go UDFA. It'll be, you know, I mean. Malcolm Roach is a good example to where yeah. um, he got a better deal as a UDFA with the Saints because they wanted him. He was at the top of their list than he would have in the sixth or seventh round. Hmm. Um, and Keelan, you know, I think Keelan will definitely be a very good player. The other thing, too, that the NFL does really look at is, you know, he's got a cast on his arm. And clearly couldn't play in the semifinal. But they couldn't talk him out of it. They put him back there to catch the ball. Yeah. Right. But UT coaches couldn't talk him out of not playing. Right. Yeah. And NFL NFL people know that. Right. And also, too, he was such a good part of the transition when Sark, um, getting his new culture, you know, coming Mm -hmm. over from Alabama and helping. He he was familiar with Sark. He was part of that transition. And, you know, he's such a role player. And he was willing to go wherever he was needed to help the team win. And what becoming one of the best, you know, uh, special teams players in the country. And he had a really significant impact, even though he wasn't, you know, carrying the ball so many times, but he has such yep. a huge impact on special teams. Yeah. So I think they see that too, that he's willing to do what it takes for the team to win. Right. Well, yep. and I, you know, that's something we've talked about a lot, you know, especially this past season is the culture that, that Sark is building, but that takes character guys that takes high quality, high character guys. And I think that's something that we see more and more. I think, and maybe I put too much weight in it because I like to wear the, you know, <laughs> sunny disposition bullshit. But look, I think your attitude matters. And it can certainly, you know, how you approach a game, your attitude, your willingness to put in the work, that can make or break whether you make it or not, whether you get signed or not. And and I think that's something we're starting to see more. And this is not to knock former Texas players at all, but Coach Sark putting the emphasis on culture, putting the emphasis on having high character guys. I think that's going to make a difference in the draft mm-hmm. too. I mean, that's something that scouts see, teams see, you know, owners and coaches see. Like they they want to know that you're not going to be a problem maker. That you've got again that high football IQ, but that you're going to be there like a rojo. You're going to be there yeah. to, to show up for your team and do whatever it takes. And and I think Texas has a lot of guys that are like that. We had- do you think problem maker even matters anymore, Katie? What now? Do you think, like Megan says, like in a in a dream world, we think that the NFL wants <laughs> great culture guys who aren't problem makers. But in the real world, 
it looks to me like the NFL just wants guys that can play football and they are willing to take risks. On no, Washington and the Senate and Congress don't give a shit about that. The NFL. <laughs> um, I was talking about so, the NFL. <laughs> yeah, we we had to explain to certain guys we had that because it, it, it was fascinating at Morgan Stanley when we were covering, we were dealing with these people, but then getting to know the NFL people. There are FBI level agents and and PIs that are following these guys everywhere from freshman year on. It's a oh, risk assessment. Oh, it's a Rock, risk. can I answer your question? Oh, they do give a shit about it. Okay. Um, and so if you see a guy and it doesn't add up in your head, you're like, I watched a ton of college football like y'all do, and he was a first-round talent. Maybe something else, maybe a devalued position like running back. A lot of times there's other stuff. Whether the PI is right or wrong, they've been covering this forever and mm-hmm. and and watching it forever. So there are there are a lot of little things like that. That's only gonna help out Keelan like it helped out Roshan. Right. Good. Well, how how you act, how you carry yourself, how you present yourself, I, again, is it the only factor? Of course not, but to, right. to suggest that it doesn't play into it to me is uh yeah i don't know man it's definitely uh i think it matters i think it matters so no, tr- trust me it does like i was shocked with with the amount of uh intel that went into that i was like holy cow like man. surprised but like pleasantly surprised you're like oh it does matter yeah i'm like yeah I'm glad they weren't following me my freshman year in college right. you know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah you're on sixth street it's like yeah i'm a freshman uh, right what, right. what you were 21 how'd you get in there <laughs> i'm i'm with you byron murphy first defender off the defense player off the board and i would go i agree to adonai mitchell is looking like probably the first offense guy to go off the board um so we're talking about texas rbu right and then i saw this stat and i was wondering why isn't texas qbu so the top three quarterbacks recruits since in the last in this millennium, Arch Manning, Vince Young, Quinn Ewers. Texas has the top three, all tied for one. They're all perfect score. Why is it, why do you think Texas is not considered a QBU when the best of the best have come to Texas in this century? I mean, I'll say this too, though. Like I used to get frustrated with Miami or LSU would say we're DBU, and I'm like. And you guys know me, I'm an old soul. So (laughs) I'm not the millennials like, you know, once my dad impregnated my mom, life started. Uh, No, (laughs) life started way before then, okay? And it was my job in 1988 to be like, let me focus on, you know, 1790 or 1490 and not be so caught up in in my era and my time. so Texas has been DBU forever. Um, so QBU, I, I think a lot of that is what you've done in the pros, um, yeah. whether it's fair or not. So Notre Dame, Washington, USC, those type schools um, would be ones that that stick out. We had Bobby Lane. But outside of that, we never had anyone who really did much in the pros. But Rocky, your point for QBU for college is well taken Certainly recently, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what Quinn ends up doing. We'll see what Arch ends up doing. But yeah, with Quinn and Vince, I mean, or I'm sorry, Vince and uh, uh, and, uh, Colt, like not bad, right? 
Yeah, I think, you know, Katie, to your point is like Texas hasn't been winning enough to 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 own that. You know, I as much as I hate to say this and yes, they're transfers and yes, we can get into that argument. But, oh, you had a bunch of Heisman winning quarterbacks. It's it's hard to compare. Do we have great quarterbacks? Do we recruit? Well, absolutely. But to me, unless you have the hardware and unless you have like the proof on the page. Yeah. You can't really claim that title. Now, I think Texas is certainly trending in the right direction for that. Mm -hmm. Let's see what Quinn does. Let's see what Arch does. You know, um, we're we're moving in the right direction. But, you know, Texas hasn't won that national championship since 2005. I mean, that's a drought. So OU, because of everything from Jason White on and Josh Heupel, they would be QBU over us. I mean, fair. They'd also be incest you over us. No, that's it. That's fair. I would say the reason Texas hasn't been QBU is because we haven't had a consistently good O-line. And now that the O-line is building, yes. we we, yes. we have the potential to be QBU soon. Right. Like if we could, like you just said, if we can stack, you know, Ewers with Manning, with um, uh, Owen, Trey Owens mm-hmm. and or um, Lacey. Uh, Lacey mm-hmm. Yeah. Like start stacking these quarterbacks behind O-line depth. Oh, QBU can come, but just bringing the players in, but not giving them someone to protect them doesn't help. So I think that's, to me, that's why we're not QBU. (laughs) No, I mean, like 08 and 09, um, our offensive lines weren't great, but Colton and Jordan and Quan were doing their thing. So. Yeah. But it almost cost us the Big 12 championship, which almost, which it should have cost us the Big 12 championship, which could have, should have cost us the ch- shot in the national championship game because Indomic and Sue, like Indomic. the whole line was exposed when it mattered most and they survived. Mm-hmm. So, God, all right. Let's, throwing, let's, throwing Colt around like a rag doll. Yeah. That was a rough game. <laughs> Poor Colt. And they survived. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, just to get to the and by the way, there was one second left. That's one of those where we can there was. agree. One second left, dude. Yeah. And if Hunter Lawrence misses that, whatever, Bo Pelini, but there was a second left, right? Probably yeah. a second and a half. Yeah, there, there was there was time. Yeah, agreed. All right, so let's talk about your favorite thing and Megan's favorite thing. I mean, I love football, baseball. Too. Yeah, it's baseball season, let's my talk friend. Texas baseball. I love it. I love it. All I'm right. fired well, up gonna... about it. Like I was worried. Megan and I talked for the year, and I'm like, I don't know if we have enough arms, and and I still don't. We're seven games in, but like after watching, I'm like, we got some talent. And Megan, Megan told me she's like, we have enough offense, and I'm still stuck on Gavin Cash and love it. You know, <laughs> pinning out yeah. probably. I'm like, yeah, he should have first base. Jared should be in center, and but I'm I'm. I'm pretty bullish on this team right now. All right, let's ask the most important question first. Okay. Have you been to the Yeti yard? <laughs> I have not. And so we're going to be out there on Tuesday for the AM game. Yeah, we'll be and there so too. I'll what be time are you getting out, out there? there? With y'all and then probably go in there. It looks great though. Like it's, it's so everything. Cool. When, when Flores hit the homer the first weekend and I saw nothing but beers go up everywhere. There, yeah. Thought, and again, you know last what? night. Yeah. yeah, I, I thought maybe maybe we are ready for the SEC. Yeah, well, fun information about that too that I've I've heard through the grapevine. This is just phase one of Yeti Yard, right? Like, listen, I do think that Texas is very much like a drug dealer right now, and this is a you know first taste is free. Any good yeah. drug dealer knows that's what you do, right? Yeah, first taste is free. I don't know that this is going to be free forever. But- I got five on it. Yeah, we should we should enjoy it while it lasts. But I have heard that, um, you know, because of the graduate housing uh, that's going up, 
behind McCombs field, the line of sight for the baseball players is actually going to be interrupted. So center field wall is going to go even taller. Uh, they're raising that up. Yeah. That big monster out there is going to go even taller to help block off the light from that graduate housing. And I've also heard, I, I have not had that. I know is definitely happening. I don't know if this is, but I have a strong suspicion. It is um, Yeti yard. The plan is, starts in left field right now, but there is going to be something similar in right field. And those are going to become multi-tiered positions, multi-tiered areas. So, you know, if you look at where Texas is and how it's going to go up too. Yeah. So from what they look at, there's only room to go up. There's only room to go up. narrow. Right. There's not a whole bunch of like room for expansion. Yeah. It's It's going up. So, um, you know, what I think Texas needs to do, if that does in fact come to fruition, my thought would be, all right, we'll build the Yeti yard up. And then when in the off season or in between games, make it a driving range, right? Like get it, get it like play off the top of the Yeti yard. Yeah. I'd, do that. I'd, I'd pay I, money. <laughs> I would buy Kamala street from the city of Austin, which you can, because you actually have that leverage. Yeah. Um, and I would turn it into like old Miss Mississippi State in a true burn back there. Yeah, just and, make it that. But uh, but I didn't realize they're building condos back there, so there'll be a sightline issue. Yeah, it's it, there um, are the buildings are up, and that is a whole. But the sightline you won't only worry about on center field, Megan. Correct. Like that, that's where a batter's eye is. So if you look at Correct. any major league place in Pittsburgh, there could be apartments in right field. That's on you, man. Right. Yeah. I mean, shit, look at Cubby Stadium, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that center field wall, for sure, 100% zero question is going to be taller. Now, again, I've heard rumors that I strongly believe from the people I heard them from. Yeti Yard will will eventually be taller and there will be something similar in right field as well, which also so, means that those boards that our scoreboards have to raise up mm-hmm. if that is the case. So yeah, then, I'm sure, I, I'm sure there's a supply chain that, that'll take like 20 years to get right, all these. Right. <laughs> well, you'll be dead by the time this happens. <laughs> I will be, definitely, I will be, you know, well into my 80s. <laughs> no. You offended someone with Cubby Stadium. Oh, it's, it. Cub, it's Cubby's. Be, be a fan. I love the Cubbies. They're, they're I, but yeah. it's Cubbies. It's Wrigley. I know. It's Cubby Stadium. Uh, Well, you're going to have fun when you get to see it. And if you do want to get into Yeti Yard, especially on a game that's going to be packed and sold out like that A&M game next Tuesday, go early and and go check it out early. And it's pretty cool. I will say the students have started to show up. And again, credit CDC, credit Coach Pierce for creating an environment where like students want to get more involved. That's one thing that Texas has been woefully behind on. You go to some of these other SEC schools and the students are just all about baseball. It's rowdy environment. Crazy, it's fun, and I think the and they're actually not about baseball, they're right? About it's about the party, social, a social experience, it's a, right? It's about, the party. and you know, and so again, credit CDC for that and and having the vision to improve and, and make Dish a place that people want to go and have fun and be rowdy, right? <laughs> right, get all it, the good it, food trucks. Yeah, are you okay, Rocky? Are you? I was drinking water and I'm just. Water is dangerous for you. I'm just saying. I haven't learned how to drink yet. <laughs> um, I'm just choking on water. That's just what I do. Right. Well, so yeah, sure. games are fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. So yeah, again, before we before we talk about that midweek game against AM, now listen, if we don't do well against AM, midweek games don't matter. They don't count. Oh, yeah, they don't it matter. matter. It only we, mattered if we won. If we win. If we win, <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a weekend game, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. But uh, yeah, Texas has a big, a big tournament coming up this weekend, but they are just coming off of a, you know, a good sweep against Cal Poly. Now I understand Cal Poly isn't necessarily Stanford, isn't necessarily like LSU, but. They're not, but it's also not Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They've right. Got, they've got multiple Cali kids. And if you're right. Cali, Florida or Texas, and you got kids even at a lower level, trust me, it's a higher level than you get in Iowa. Yes. Now, sweeping any team and allowing no runs is yeah. massive. It has only happened, what, a couple times in Texas baseball history? I mean, we sweep, yeah, we we sweep pretty consistently. But, but zero, zero runs, runs is, is bonkers. Again, yeah. you know, Katie, you and I talked about this. You alluded to this a little bit earlier. We talked before the season. There was a lot of question, is Texas's offense going to be a problem? Is Texas going to – now, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Heartedly, the pitching, there's still a lot of questions. There's yeah. still a lot of where are the arms. Right now, it's LBJ and everybody else, right? LBJ is is consistent. He's doing well. Mm-hmm. Who are going to be the guys that come in? Um, Katie, who are you seeing that you like? There's been some development. There's some guys hucking some stuff. Who are, who are you who are you liking right now in this point of the season coming in? There have been more arms in the bullpen, and that that's what I was worried about. Um, you know, and I mean this, I'm going to give you old baseball terms here, so take it the right way. 99's a big old son of a bitch. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. Um, and was, then, is yeah. it Tristan? Who's Stevens the, who's is gone. The, who's the guy, gone. No, no, not Stevens. Who's the guy who's closing? <laughs> For what night? We've, I mean, we team? had, so Grant Fontenot was, yes. was, yeah, that's who you're thinking, 99? 99, but there are a couple other guys. Let me get everything set up here. Harrison's um, done well. Again, th- the thing that's really interesting right now, too, is that Coach Pierce has been cycling through the arms a lot. Like, in, in the past, it's definitely been Pierce's MO to let guys get into trouble, work their way through it, mm-hmm, figure it right. out. He hasn't been doing that as much this year. This year, it's been, in my opinion, more about let's just get get some cycles through. Let's get these guys throwing. Let's get as many guys out there as we can. Certainly when we're in a position where the other team hasn't scored a single run, like, yeah, let's let's get as much experience as we can and really get a better feel for who's in the bullpen and who's going to give us some of that consistency. Well, last there. night they brought in a kid. Bases were loaded, and they brought in a kid who's only his second time on the mound all season. Yeah. And you could see on TV he was like, like, shaking. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like struck him out and got out of bases loaded. So that's the kind of thing where it's going to go one way or the other. Huge confidence builder, or you're going to give up a grand slam and you're going to have to out coach, coach that out of him for the next couple of weeks. But what a confidence builder. And like you said, like for a while he was like putting him in, oh, you're in a tough spot, work your way out. Um, but this, yeah, he is moving them through quickly because I've gone through a lot of pitchers already. Yeah, it's been, I mean, again, even last night, you know, on a Tuesday game, I think we cycled through, and Katie, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think we cycled through seven pitchers. I, I mean, it was it was a healthy amount. It was, yeah. it was at least five or six. We might have tickled seven. But, uh, again, like, Fontenot was hucking some. Um, I've definitely got to say, uh, who was it? We were hitting, was it Grant that was hitting? I think it was Grant that was hitting, you know, consistently 94, 95, 96, but he was exercising that control. He was putting it exactly where he wanted it, which I, I again, pleasantly surprised, happy with that. Again, yeah, so- it looks good. So I'm looking at the names now. Easton Tumas, I like. Um, Heston Toll, I like. Which is, uh, by the way, an excellent baseball name. 
Heston oh, yeah, no, I mean, I know some of these it. names, you know, I mean, outside of like, you know, Cooter, fuck you, like, I mean, <laughs> like you crazy, yeah. a better name for a pitcher. Yeah. Um, Hudson Hamilton, like, I've seen some arms were, and I was kind of worried about it. We haven't seen much of Ace Whiteley. Yeah, we haven't. Ace only pitched, I want to say it was the first weekend for a, a third of an inning. Ever. Yeah, I don't think he made it through through a whole inning. Um, so yeah, that's well, a, and again, I kind of wonder if we're saving him a little bit. Um, because again, Ace is that all-around player where we can throw him in the outfield and he can pick up any position. He's got a hell of an arm. Um, he can so I don't run, know. He, he can yeah, he can do a lot of stuff. Right, he's fast. Ace is is surprisingly fast. Did you ever so, see him play quarterback at Lampasas? Yeah, I mean, listen, if he was a little bit taller, he would have been recruited at Texas. I really believe that as a QB. Yeah. But he is he's a little bit shorter than what Texas normally looks for. But yeah, he he can huck the ball, man. He's a he is an athlete. Ace is no. Nah, if we would have been over, a little bit taller, he would have been a baller. Yeah, and absolutely, a, and a shot caller. <laughs> yes, uh, twenty and inch girl, he was missed- taller. And if he had a girl, he would have gone. <laughs> so you, you, missed my, you missed my I got five on a joke earlier. Yeah, no, I, we did. I'm give sorry. A hit, give a hit for free. Oh, so, yeah. so when I was in college, Ryan France, who went to Westwood, was a great athlete. And it was before, like, they really checked anything. And so he had I got five on it, you know, and he wore number five. So he'd come up and it would take a long time to get yep. ready yeah. and there's like cussing and weed stuff in there and all these blue hair <laughs> oh, they would like, play through it too that was the crazy thing they play through the whole thing and we're all in college like yeah i got about <laughs> it yeah like, i will tell you i so what's an endo weed exactly yeah <laughs> i will tell you i don't know if this was just the kid that was in charge of pressing the buttons uh this was last year at dish fault now I I love Dire Straits and and Money for Nothing is one of my very favorites, right? Kid me, but, Dire but, Straits alone, right? But so they were rocking that at the dish, and I'm like, hell yeah! But whoever the person was that was playing this song forgets that oh, there is a, a line. particularly yeah offensive line with a, a word an f word that's not the f bomb that you yeah, typically don't it, use in good company. <laughs> Think about it. He's Not talking the AF word. Yes. Yes. And they played right through that thing. Like it, they didn't skip a beat. And again, I was like, oh. And it's all right. and it's the two-syllable version. Yeah. It's it's aggressive. Yeah. It's aggressive. And again, I love the song, but I don't know if the kid, if it was a kid that just didn't know that that was coming, didn't know when to bleep at the appropriate time yeah. or, or have the other version long. of it. But, but I was cracking up at the dish going, oh. I'm right, just trying saying, to think of the Dire Straits one that would use that term. They, it's money for nothing. It's talking about the guys on their guitars. That money little money for nothing, um, chicks it. for free. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'll play it later. With yeah, with the okay. earring. I, I, I don't think I ever caught that. We showed yeah, you yeah, it's you in know, there. It's, like, it's a couple times and it's aggressive. So, wow. but yeah. So maybe you were the one playing the music. I don't know. Just not no, aware of it. But. I wasn't. Trust me. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, look, I think, um, again, we need some more consistency out of our pitching. There's no question. Um, so we'll, we'll, and, we, and Katie, we can, we can talk into that a little well, bit. I've been seeing with Pearson eight years and it comes from, you know, Gus and Augie. Those were the two coaches I watched from 83 on here, that, 84 on. Existed, but two yeah. Hall of Famers. So, <laughs> and I've always tried to give David, who I like, 
personally um always try to give him that that leeway and credit you don't walk people you know i was doing la chin play by play i remember going by on a a weekday and skip johnson's in the right field bullpen Mm -hmm. and he's got a guy Look at a big old son of a bitch. His big right-hander is throwing 95, 96 in spot and stuff in a wipeout slider. And I'm I'm behind Skip and I'm watching. I go, Skip, we haven't seen this guy. Where the fuck's he been? Yeah. We can say the F word with on your show, right? We can, yeah. You're okay. good. And I'm like, where's <laughs> well, he been? Now, a little late for asking, but we're good. Yeah, to go. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, always ask yeah, for forgiveness so later, good. you know. <laughs> Family um, friendly on here, but anyway, go and ahead. So I go, where's he been? He said, he doesn't throw strikes in games. We didn't see him at all. Yeah. Mid-90s and wipe outside. And he was in the bullpen. So as I know that's way different than you know, live bullets and, and lights and everything. I, I just I, I can't deal with walking people. Yeah. Give up a five hundred foot bomb. Free bases. Right. Don't. Right. I'd rather you hang it and they bang it than, than free bases. I, I agree with that. Don't walk people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so definitely, I again, we're we're seeing there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of potential there. But I, I think we're still pretty early in the season to really know who, mm-hmm. our, who our guys are going to be. We know that LBJ is the starter. He is our Friday night guy. He is the one that gets us started. And he's looking as good as I've seen him. He's he looks great. He looks he like looks a first top pick, which is right. what he Absolutely. So, hey, um, Megan, uh, Megan, can I ask you? I know you're super connected. Yeah, I don't know about that, but sure. <laughs> you are. Uh, both <laughs> y'all are. Tanner, like like most people come back from TJ, and he was throwing 90, 95, probably would top 97, sit 94, 95 before it. What's going on? All right. So I do want to talk about this a little bit, had a note for it. I will say, so Tanner actually got in. We we hadn't seen him a whole lot. He had thrown maybe an inning, maybe an inning in a third. Inning in um, a third, yeah, or a half the, on the first start, right? Yeah. From from everything that we've that I've heard, it's just been a slower recovery than expected. Yeah. But Fair. I will say this: he came in the game last night. Now Pierce was cycling through a lot of guys. Again, this was you throw, you know, half an inning, you throw a little bit more, maybe an inning. And you're good to go. He was not keeping guys in very long just to get some of those arms a little more practice. Tanner came in and closed out the game. And let me tell you something. He looked better than I have seen Tanner in oh, a good. very long time. That's good. He, he There was a noticeable difference in, in his pitching last night as there was from at the beginning of this season when he, he pitched uh, that first series. Um, but what I was really excited about and and it it was cool to see after Texas came out saying the, like after the game, right, they all gather up and then they came back and Tanner was excited. That last pitch he threw, he looked back to see what his pitch speed was and then closed out the game. Right. He gets the strike. And what then the was it, come, Megan? Do you remember? Uh, he was he was in the 90s. He was I, I think his last pitch, I want to say and somebody's going to check me on this, but I'm I'm. 85% confident. He was 92, 93. Okay. So again, he's getting back up there. This is Good. the best that I've seen Tanner Witt look. Now, again, it was very limited pitches, but he looked great. And the team rallied around him after that. And they were jumping up and down together, Aww. just all about Tanner. Like this was a big moment. This was, it was a cool thing. So it, 
again, it's it's early to tell. His recovery has taken a lot longer. It's taken him longer to get his stuff back than I think a lot of folks anticipated, than, than he anticipated. Um, but if I'm going to wear the, you know, if I'm going to be the burn orange ray of sunshine here, it last night felt like starting to round that corner, kind of rounding right. second base here. Like we're starting to make that progress. You're starting to see it pay off. So, yeah. I, I like them moving him into the starting role, but I felt like all along at the next level, this guy's fucking closer. Yeah, yeah. Listen. Gas up when he wants to gas up. He's a fastball slider guy. You can work on a change or maybe a two-seamer, but um, his mentality always told me, which is, you know, you know this, Megan, like mentality for a closer, a lot of dudes don't have it. Absolutely. And he has it. Like he's got balls and he goes out there. It's like, let's fucking go. He's tough as shit. It's just been that control. Getting that control back has been kind of the question. You know, you're talking about walks. And the velocity. If he's 92, 93, that's not his velocity. It's not his velocity yet, but it is It is faster and 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 better than I have seen him pitch recently since, okay. since the Tommy John. So he's, again, I, I was encouraged by it. I was encouraged by him closing out um, and the way that he did. I think there's some progress that we're actually seeing now. Um, and yeah, Roy, you, you make a good point, man. Uh, Roy was pitching overhead windup. Yeah. Instead of from the stretch. So it's a different motion for him. He's been, um, he's been working on that again, by all accounts, the, the recovery and him getting his stuff back has been a lot slower than anticipated, but I'm, I'm choosing to see the positive. I think we're, I well, think Tanner's getting there. He's close. He's close. And I think with all the medical improvements and technology we've seen the last 20 years with ACLs or yeah. TJ, Tommy John surgery or different stuff, Achilles, Aaron Rodgers around floating, you know, running around um, way quicker than it ever would have been done. Mm-hmm. I think that we naturally assume that every single body and Rocky, like I mean, you, you do this for a living, you train people, like everybody's different. Right. And I don't mean everybody. Everyone's body is everyone's physical body is different. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and how you recover. Um, and it, not everyone. I mean, it's been amazing how quickly people come back and they throw harder. And it's like we thought it'll take five months. It took three months. Um, but it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be like that. And it right. doesn't mean that Tanner Witt. I mean, if he, you know, and also listen to your body. So if you're not at that stage, go ahead and. Take the time. You're don't in college, bro. Like, don't, we love don't cause that and, permanent damage that you just fixed. By yeah, like, the yeah. pressure, though, that they're under to get back. Because, you know, the younger pitchers are coming in and being recruited. And they also have a time where they're trying to be drafted. Looking forward and looking back, the pressure on them must be intense to hurry up and be ready to go. Yeah, even if the, no even doubt. if it's not outside pressure, there's still that internal pressure knowing no, pressure. they're being recruited. I'm saying <laughs> yeah. the pressure from, you know, media or the, you know, seeing the team or new recruits yeah. coming in or all the re- reasons that they feel they might need to rush back from yeah. an injury like that. That's probably, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's like most things, especially alpha males at that age. I mean, guys are the worst uh, at that age to where, now, I'm sure women are too, but men are the worst at that age as alpha males because you want to speed everything up. And yeah. it's like, dude, no like, patience. If it's none. Yeah. And if it's like if it's two, if it's two months more for them, it's like that sounds like 20, you know, years. It's like, no, just you know, whatever, whatever the path is, 
take that path and, and don't rush it. Like don't, don't ruin the next 30 years for two months. Right. Agree. agree. Well, and, and again, I've, I've heard this from what I understand when he had his Tommy Johns, it wasn't the latest greatest. It was an, a, a slightly older technique, which is why we might be seeing a little bit of that delay for his recovery as well. So yeah, there was something pointed out. Cause like somebody on the team had, Tommy oh, did he go to like Cooter and Backstrap? I mean, I was hoping. I don't. I don't know there. all the. I, I was talking with. I was talking with Robert Agnor about it, and he was saying he thought that he had. Again, it wasn't like an ancient technique, but he said it wasn't. It wasn't the most recent. It was a. It was a. And there was a reason for it, but that also could right. be part of why it's taken him a little bit longer now. So yeah, I mean, look, we we talked about it. We the offense was a concern. Are we going to have the bats? Are we going to have? You know, we've got a lot of young hey, guys. Blue, I like. Baloo, I like. Yeah, he's looked he's looked really good. And he's so is really Galvan. Good. Like Galvan was a big recruit. And if we can get him in, Schlusser, like in the same, like, but Galvan is catching well and hitting the shit out of the ball. Yeah, yeah. So Ryland is is smashing some balls. And I will say Schusler too. It, that's a really yeah, interesting Yeah, no, they both are. Really, is like, like a five-game That's a really interesting matchup right now. Schusler got a kid out of his shoe last night. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shoe. Yeah. So, so again, offense wise, bats woke up like bats yeah. have been waking up. Now I will say something that I, that drives me nuts. You know, you talk about walks, make you want to rip your hair out, make you want, like you hate everything. Base running errors drive me nuts. Base running errors drive me nuts. That's, that's to me, that is the me most started. simple thing that you we can clean up. About this, yeah. That to me, that's something that can be cleaned up easily. You know, we saw it a little bit earlier. D. Kennedy maybe had doing a little dancing. And when he got signaled in, took just a half second too long to, to dig in and go coming out of that dance. And right. It only takes half or who was the guy who slid in this weekend to third base on a base hit up the middle? Yeah. Yeah. It's just to me, there have been some really fundamental breakdowns in base running and fundamental breakdowns in understanding when to go, when to not. Uh, now, and what does that come down to? So I don't mean to get on Pierce, but the reality is, is that if you're a D1 college baseball player and for eight years, I don't feel like the team can run the bases. Base getting, running. Back, getting back to Gustin Augie too. Right. Outside of Wally Campbell getting picked off against Miami in the 96 regional. That would drive Augie nuts. You, you got to clean up the fundamentals. You got to have that. You, you would see another Augie YouTube clip. Yes. To me, that's really similar to like um, ca catching kicks or punts in football, like knowing yes. where you are, when to let it go, when to, you know, take the Awareness. knee, when to wave it off. All those things to me are yeah. very similar to base running. Like you have to be um, aware of if this, then this, where right. am I? Do, do I, you know, like th there's a lot, like you said, it's, it's frustrating. Like I'm not the most, you know, knowledgeable baseball fan but sometimes i'm like hmm why did he run yeah there? i i i don't know like i i defer to them being the experienced baseball players but sometimes to me it is a little like well, i don't get why he took off there when it was clearly about to be an out and then of course he's tagged out it's situational baseball it's all coaching and it's practice and you know the funny thing about augie the best thing in augie the, the most brilliant thing augie did that really changed everything. Frank Anderson, the head coach at Oklahoma State, who's pitching coach here in 02, told me, and I'm doing LHN stuff. I'm with him, like, what separates Augie from everyone? He said, 
he was the best outfield coach I've ever seen in all of baseball. Um, look at it, get your mark, go back up. And the angles that they would take and cut, um, and he did it with base running too. And that is like, that's just stuff that, that at this level is inexcusable to me. So it's the one thing I could do now. I can't hit your 85 mile per hour slider. I can't feel like Flores. I can't throw like any of y'all. I mean, you can run the bases though. And, and like you said, Rocky, have spatial and just awareness of what you're doing. And I don't blame the kids on that one. I mean, maybe you're recruiting people who are more physical and 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 don't do that well naturally. You can teach that. That should be done in fall ball every year. All that should be fucking done. So we can't yeah. just say, well, it's so early in the season. Well, like that stuff should be done, Rocky. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was trying to be nice. Now I will say. <laughs> I know I you say, are and you are not. You're nicer than me and Megan. So <laughs> I'll cut a little well, slack. In, I don't, I'm not. I'll yeah. cut a little slack in the sense that, again, like I'll use D Kennedy again as an example. He was being waved in. A lot of folks are like, oh, he shouldn't have run. He, he was I being waved in. athleticism, and I don't mind him getting thrown out because he's so athletic. You know, fast as shit. Kid is fast as shit. And we've got some speed on the team. Now, I think with him, that was just, to me, that was a freshman mistake. That was a, yeah, I got playing. caught up in it and just being a little more aware in he's the moment. You see how far he can get off base without mom yelling at him. Right. But we've had a few instances where our guys get a little too comfortable with the lead and get caught off or just run when they just flat out shouldn't, like you said, it's a, it's an infield grounder. You don't run on the, I, it just, some of that basic stuff to me, that is, that's my death in baseball. That's the stuff that drives me absolutely yeah. bonkers. Mm-hmm. Clean up the base running. And I think it's a, a different, I mean, realistically, Texas, if we look back the, the one game that they did drop against uh, San Diego could have been cleaned up again. They got called base out run. for twice for base running, base running, running changed that game um yeah. so and, and base running has been an issue with them for eight years sure. in some way or another and so it's infield defense so it's bunning at times and look i mean augie and i used to argue all the time he had five national championships i had none so he always won the <laughs> argument um he was his own school he'd be you know he'd be the top five yeah um but i'm like dude you bunt a little too much Small ball um, was his jams, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> typical me to like tell Augie at Eddie V's, you know, you're bunting too much. I'm sure he loved that, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, you kid. I'll take that under advisement. Augie, Augie loved me that he loved that I would do that and then would talk me down. I'm like, got it. Thanks, coach. Appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> but but there's there a, there a, a mix in there, and you the reality is when you get to Omaha, which is what we're all about and winning another natty, you're going to face pitching that is not Cal Poly or San Diego or Texas state. And you better be able to play situational small ball. You better, uh, better be able to run the bases. You better be able to hit and run and you better be able to at some times get a fucking bunt. Yeah. And, and, and I, I still worry about that stuff. Yeah. So I, I am feeling more and more confident. You know, we alluded to this earlier. We talked about this. There were some questions. Are the bats going to be there? Is our, what's our offense going to do? I think our offense is fine. I, I really do. I, the bats are coming on. J-Flow 
let me tell you what, you know, Pablo has first round vibes with his range, arm and power. No doubt. And I'll tell you, Jared Thomas has picked up right where he left off. Peyton Powell has picked up right where he left off. Now, I understand small sample size. We are very early in the season. No, both those guys, both those guys are great. Batting averages are a little bonkers right now and not 100% indicative of where they're going to end up. But we've got a couple guys batting over 500, tickling 600, right? Like, yes, it's early. I understand that. Tickling Great start. Great start, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, Peyton Powell is is right at 500. It's J-Flow. I mean, he is stepping up and really knocking the shit out of the ball. Again, last night, he had two home runs. One grand slam. So this is his second grand slam of the season. Um, and he should have had one the first weekend that was hit to Yeti. And right. any other any other day, any other time at a dish, that's long gone. A thousand percent. And and both of his hits last night were, I mean, across the street. They were they were hitting, they landed damn near the tennis courts, like almost in the tennis courts. It was clearly no, across. MLB the- scouts are on them. Trust That's me. what I'm saying. I mean, and, and Pena, you know, our, our friend from Occupy Left Field, Mark, oh, yeah. was saying, who's he think he is? Who's this pendejo <laughs> think he is? Ivan Melendez? Like, like, gotta love it, right? Gotta love it. So listen, J-Flo's stepping up the bats. I'm not worried about the bats. I think the bats will get there. Now, one guy I do want to, I'd like to see him have a little more success is Porter Brown. He's one that was hitting 45. the shit out of the ball 45. last week or last year and just hasn't quite found it. He's, I've been calling this his his a league of their own season because yeah. you know where, where Kit talks about it and Gina Davis tells her, "Oh, you always swing at the high winds." And Kit says, <laughs> "That's Porter Brown this year. He likes That's the high winds." Underrated movie, listen. by the way. Yeah, listen. So if Porter Brown can can find his groove again and start making some contacts, we'll some solid contact. We'll be I think Mickey we'll, Mantle had bad ten game stretches. Right. Again, uh, very early Mike, in the season. Mike Trout does. Albert Pujols had ten game stretches. We were like, "Oh, you're a Hall of Famer." Garbage. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Jack O'Dowd. Yeah. They're trying to figure out second or first base, and I like Jack a lot. Um, where I wish we had Gavin Cash at first, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Porter, Porter, I trust. Let it. Let him work at it. And and give him time. And Agreed. I, I will say this: Tulo, and I gave Tulo so much love. I think rightfully so. The last or three three years ago, and then two years ago, and he was gone last year. Tulo's going to figure it out. All those guys with swing path, uh, approach, everything, adjustments. I love having Houston Street there too. Those two guys, because Houston Street will work with the pitchers. Be like, you know, Houston Street was in the bullpen in tech with Frank Anderson in oh, 2000 or no, 2002. And they dropped him down. Like, I mean, Houston Street understands how to coach with yeah. Tulo. Uh, I feel like we're going to get all that figured out. Comfortable with that. Now, I will say, and, and I know we're we're running down on time. We do want to talk a little bit softball. Can y'all go late or no? We we can, but BK will yell. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't want to keep BK because he's got to move on with his Fuck life. BK. No, BK yeah. has nothing to do. BK is <laughs> we, we'll chat on our own time. <laughs> like, he's but, got no woman. He's got nothing going on. Trust I me. That. And um, I know he's listening right now. He's like, God damn it, KD. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, well, go ahead and text me here, big boy. All right. Right. Well, today's uh, birthday is this weekend. So it is. You gotta give Are you gonna be there, Katie? Yeah, are you gonna go? I think I'm gonna try to get Richard to come with me and go by there. Yeah, you should. 
If yeah. not, if not, I'll be your date. I'll stand in for Richard. Right. Oh, thank you, you so much. I think we'll <laughs> swing by. I want to swing by. So yes. Yeah, you should. So you know, Kitty, we talked about you and I talked about this offline a little bit. I again offense, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable with, I'm confident in them. I think we'll be okay. The Tulo effect, definitely there. The street effect, definitely there. Little concerned. There's Katie or there's a BK calling you right now. <laughs> no, um, someone else. Yeah. Little concerned about defense. And and this is another thing that that drives me bonkers because we know that the 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 talent is there. This team will go through and make a fundamental screw up. Can't catch a hopper, right? Miss the ball, not communicating, not talking, let it drop. And then the next play, make a top five. ESPN, sports you know, yeah. sports center play. The talent is there, you know, watching Jay flow, throw it across his body off his knee, basically to make it, yeah. it, to get it out at first, but then miss a simple grounder. I don't know. That's clean up the defense. And that's the biggest point of concern for me with Texas right now. And you mentioned earlier, you know, we're playing the Cal polys. Now we're playing uh, you know, it's, it hasn't been, you know, Houston Christian, San Diego, no slouches necessarily, but we got LSU coming up. We got Vandy coming up. We got A&M coming up. There is a Texas state is good at baseball. Yeah. Texas state's got a, yeah. a little program. So this next stretch, Texas has LSU and Houston on Friday, Texas state on Saturday, Vandy on Sunday, A&M on Tuesday. And then they start conference play in Lubbock against Texas Tech. So this seven game stretch is aggressive. That's tough. It's in, and to Wait a minute, point, are you telling me that after next weekend, I never have to ever fucking think about Lubbock the rest of my life. That is what we were saying. After next weekend, we never have to make it out on that <laughs> five and a half hour drive. It's of more nothing. Than it's five. It feels like five when I do it. It feels like a hundred. <laughs> getting no, it, it feels like a flight to China. Yeah, in, in it does. Coach. And there's nothing along the way. There's nothing. But this is a tough stretch coming up. So Texas is really going to have to be on their game. Their bats are going to have to stay hot. I, I would like to see more production from Porter Brown. Again, some of your go-to guys. I am confident. JT, Peyton Powell. Make great games in. It's baseball. Give them time. Give them I know, but this is, right? this is a big no. stretch. This is a big stretch here. And I think this, while it is early and everything, again, Texas fans like to freak out about baseball. We can drop a game or two. It's not the end of the world. But I think it's going to be really telling to say see where Texas is. If Texas yeah. comes out of this next seven-game stretch at four and three, I feel good about that. Yep. You drop a few more than that, then I start to go, all right, maybe our problems are a little deeper than, than we thought. So, I totally agree. If they come out six and one, five and two, I'm thinking this is an old Natty, great. Overreaction. Hey, but, we've been we've been we've been to Omaha more than Warren Buffett has. All right, <laughs> there ain't no overreaction if we go five and two on that. We own right. that, oh, no. so yeah. I expect it at that point. But I'm with you, four and three. Yeah, I mean we're gonna kind of figure it out. I mean, baseball is such a funny, weird sport that you know the Texas Rangers were left for dead, and they left themselves for dead. And they're in Seattle, and they had two weeks to wrap everything up, and they just shit the bed. Mm. I mean, like a puppy, you know, who was scared shitless with a thunderstorm, <laughs> um, you know. And they had to fly to Tampa, and then fly to Baltimore, and then fly, and then go take on the Astros. Mm -hmm. 
about three weeks later, they had a fucking ring. Um, baseball's weird that way. You know, stay in the game. Stay. It's like Texas basketball now. Just stay in the game. Just get in the tournament. Get in as a 10 seed. And, right. and you know what? We have enough talent to make a run. And so um, I just want them to go four and three and let's continue to build, continue to get better. And hopefully in a month, we're a lot better than we were in Houston. But you're right, Megan. I mean, it's a big stretch for him. I mean, at least to kind of figure out who you are or who you, you know, more importantly, who you're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, that's, are, are you a contender? Or are you not? You know, I, and we're going to hit some bumps. We're going to still be figuring some stuff out to your point. We're eight games into the season, but this is, this is an important stretch. It is a telling stretch and it's definitely going to be a lot of fun down in Houston. So heading down there, sorry, BK can't make, can't make your, uh, your soiree, but uh, we'll be rooting for the Longhorns down there. Um, All right, Katie, before we let you go, we got about five more minutes. We do have to talk about Texas softball for just a second. Just a second. I love Mike White. Yes. Uh, Mike uh, White yes. was tipping pitches at the Super Regional against Texas as the Oregon coach. And I'm covering it, and I'm watching him. I'm like, this dude's tipping pitches from the third base coach. You know, he's like, and I thought, we should go hire this guy. And, <laughs> and CDC ends up, you know, he did the smartest thing. He was like, I'm going to Starkville. You're coming home with me, Vic. I'm going to Eugene. You're coming home with me, Mike. And like both those programs are so much fun to watch right now. I love Texas softball. Like they're they're kicking ass right now. It's yeah, absolutely incredible. So Rocky, bring us in. All right. Uh 12 <laughs> and one. The only yeah. loss in that eighth inning to Stanford, who they bre- beat previously uh, a couple weeks ago. So that's really solid. Number On two a base running error. Yeah, that happens that. in the women sometimes <laughs> too. Uh but but we've talked about you've been counting, right? I don't know if yes. you, the most recent stats, but they're like a hundred runs to no runs, something uh, like that. I think that's <laughs> quote me. No, no. Super <laughs> close. Uh, I think as it I don't right know runs with a loss, but so, I mean, yeah. even even with that loss, uh, Texas softball, and I need to double check my numbers, but I'm pretty sure on this Texas softball is uh, they've outscored their opponents 119 to 16. God, and by a hundred runs, yeah, they have outscored a few weeks in, yeah, they have outscored yeah, their you, opponents by a hundred. Give an old boxing runs. phrase, no moss, no, no, moss. no, no, no moss, yeah, they're already no dead. It is, no <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so the fun thing is, um, they're going to Texas State tonight. Texas State is following Tech's, you know, lead with a blackout, wear black to your own funeral, I how'd guess. How'd that work out? Yeah, yeah, how'd that work out? So they have blackout the horns for Texas State. You know, they're promoting the Longhorns coming. Um, Texas State is no joke. They're on a 6-0 run. They just beat Ohio State, Arizona State. They just went 6-0 in this tournament last weekend in Arizona. Uh, they've beaten Texas Tech already. Uh, so this is, this is a team on a roll, hot, blackout night, like – Anything can happen. Um, I think Texas softball is going to go in there and wake them up <laughs> from their from, in their blackout. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. It is on no television yeah. streaming, or, or I don't see anywhere where you can Nothing. stream it or watch it. But it's at six p.m. the same time that the women are playing women's basketball is playing OU. Mm-hmm. But you can listen to it if you go to TexasSports.com. There's a link to listen live, and it takes you to some kind of streaming audio. Mm-hmm. But that's the only place I can find to follow this game. I'm sure it's Texas softball Twitter 
you know, we'll be posting updates on yes. the, they're really, they're, they're really, really good. good. They'll be keeping you updated, but unless you can listen on some kind of streaming app, there's no way of knowing what happened unless you follow yeah. along online. But that's, that should be a really good matchup of hot, hot Texas softball team against a really hot number two in the country that it's a big deal going up the down the road yeah, to down San Marcos. So, yeah, I mean, again, Texas dropped. Here's that. my question. I mean, how hot is the Texas State softball team? I mean, they're on a six. Well, that's what I'm run. saying. They just yeah. they're, they're a six win streak, and they beat Arizona State, which is historically. No, I just cute. meant. I just meant. Uh, oh, how I'm sure they're yeah. adorably cute. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. they're so oh, damn it, cute. I'm oh, sure wait. they're adorable. Oh, it, but this way, I was, this way, they don't let you into softball games anymore. So, so you know, <laughs> they, they, uh, oh, man, asking how hot is the actually? Team. Actually, I was kicked out of the of the cones because we'd go play uh, uh, with a racquetball. We'd go play home run derby there. And the campus cops like kicked us out multiple times, and then we Why got a letter. Mean? We got a letter from our college communication president. A strongly like, hey, worded letter. Don't do this again. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. You know. All right. But, well, but my, my sister went to Texas State, Southwest Texas, at the time, and she's nine years older than I was, and I'm like ten, and I went there. She takes me down by the river, and I come home, and I go, Dad, I'm going to, I'm going to Southwest Texas. He's like, all right, all right, I, I got it, I got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this weekend, if you can't get to San Marcos tonight, the ladies are hosting an invitational all weekend long in Austin, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Northwestern State, Charleston State, Hofstra. I think Texas softball should go undefeated. Penn State is coming down, but they're also playing Baylor midweek. Like is a Penn friendly. State good? Because I know the Big Ten's been really good. I don't know anything about Penn State baseball. I'm just saying they're going to be in town. Softball, okay. sorry. I just know they're going to be in town. They're playing ba uh, Baylor first because Penn State and Baylor, what do they have in common? <laughs> Disgusting. And then Penn State will then come. Oh, and I'm the bad guy for saying Texas State chicks are hot? I mean, that's a little too no, much. No, I'm saying Penn State and Baylor should not have sports programs. I know. I, but anyway, I totally they, will, they will be together this week, and then Penn State will come to Austin. Yes. Hey, can I give a quick shout-out to the basketball team because – when Rory went out, um, I was on the air, and I'm like, oh, shit, like with the ACL. Yeah. You know, Madison Booker's been a ball to watch, but um, who's the big uh, the, the big they have? Taylor. Taylor Jones has been great. Aliyah uh, Moore, I believe. Gonzalez. Um, yeah, Shaylee. Shay Holly from Westlake. Like, Holly's really, really coming to her own, yeah. Yeah. And, no, she's been, like, will not turn the ball over and is feeding people and shooting threes. And Gonzalez is, too. Like, that, that has been um, one of the best coaching jobs I've seen in a long time from a Texas coach. Yeah. That when Rory went out, I thought, oh, shit. And. That guy can fucking coach y'all. Yeah, we're 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 lucky to have Vic. He's he's a great coach. We talked about that earlier in the program. Just is he a candidate for coach of the year? And I got to say, Megan yeah. Like I yeah. I don't see I don't see how anybody else could do a better job, given the circumstances and coaching up his team, having them ready despite really shitty circumstances. And I, I love him too. Like post game, he reminds me of one of my mom's relatives. You know, like an old <laughs> bash drop guy. I'd be like. Let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> These women fought harder than <laughs> someone who's fighting for the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> I love them so much. They yeah. put everything on the table and on the floor. And I'm like, I love it, dude. Like, and like you can tell he's real about it. And these 
women are right next to him and they're like, Passionate. We, yeah. we love you, man. We love yeah. you. And, and you got our back. You fucking run our ovaries through shit in practice. But he we, has their we back. appreciate it, you know. Yeah. He, yeah, incredible coach. And again, I I think if he doesn't get coach of the year, that's that's a snub. That's a snub. Yeah. So uh just he, like Sarge had big 12 coach of the year. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah, no, it's shocking that it didn't happen, Rocky. And I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why they would mystery. have any any ill will towards yeah. Texas. It's well, a Chris Columbus probably your guy. No, Sark's a guy. Just go <laughs> ahead. You know, you know what? We got the, we got the last lap though. Indeed, and yeah. and we're going to continue to get the last laugh on it. Let let's just hold eternal scoreboard on everybody. At, on everybody as we Agreed. as we walk out. Well, so. I, I tell you what, this is fantastic talking to you. I Can love y'all. We, Can we, we do this? I mean, we you. obviously we obviously do this without cameras a lot. Can we do this again <laughs> with cameras? Y'all invite me whenever. I, I love talking with y'all. Thank yeah. you for squeezing us in yeah. your very busy schedule. We appreciate you. How dare you, Rocky? I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> you're back home and make Thank some. Maybe you make so much probably carnist out of it. You make so much good stuff. So invite me over and I'll all right. Come eat whenever you want. I'm I'm here cooking now a lot. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, Thanks, Katie. We thank you for it. listening to Fire the Cannon. I am Rocky. I'm Megan, and we're Fire the Cannon. Y'all see you next time. And you are. <laughs> he doesn't know. Real, real world guy. No. <laughs> <Texas>. <laughs> and Texas love basketball. Beat OU. All right. Let's go up. Love y'all. Bye, y'all.